Today FM. It's that time of the week again. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Dermot and Dave Show Best of Podcast. But not if you're driving. Definitely don't sit back. In fact, sit up now. What song is this? He's right, you know. What song? Land down under. What song is this? Jigga jigging, jing. Jigga jing, jigga jing, jigga jigging, jing. There, near, near, near. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Uh, what song is this? Um, that's too obvious. <laughs> song is this? What song is this? Oh, 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 oh. Bon Jovi. Yeah. Living on a prayer. <laughs> what song is this? Justin Timberlake. No. Holiday by Madonna. Holiday. <laughs> it is in your head. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it at all. <laughs> That's like, like, what song is this? I wanna know. <laughs> no, I'm still on the bass and the drums. I mean, come on. How many hints do you need? Okay, what song is this? <laughs> What's this? <laughs> Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal. What a band. Uh, that's a good one. Hey, okay, okay, what is this? You okay? You okay, Harry Styles. Boom, temptation. Boom, temptation. Gonna be the pound of Worst game. Thank you, Emer. Yeah, I don't play it because I'm terrible. Okay, what song is this? Yes, Emer Shannon. Pop, what is it? NSYNC. Pop by NSYNC. Oh. Dirty pop. Oh, Emer's come over now. She wants in on this. I don't want to play because it terrifies me. But I just want to bring an interesting fact about pop music video. Because I rewatched. Do you remember MTV did making the video? Making the video, yes. Yeah. And in one of the dance scenes, it's not Joey Fatone that's dancing, no siree, or maybe it's not Chris. One of them is not dancing in that big scene. It's actually the choreographer, Wade Robson. Wade Robson. Yeah. Did he have a difficult difficult time at some point? No, he was one of the... Well, he was... He, well, he, diff- did, he had a he difficult had time. Difficult, yeah, but also he was the one that Britney did the dirty on. Yes, Wade Robson. Ooh. Uh, there's a producer you, called yeah. BT who made that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a dance producer who wouldn't really have worked with anybody like NSYNC before. And when he made that song, he used to write his own code to do vocals. And he wrote this entire program just to do Justin Timberlake's vocals for that song. It's a really yeah. weird, nerdy pop producer thing. But yeah, anyway, that's my fact. Continue with your game. I'm still trying to think of uh, bits of songs without just like singing the song. Of it's got to be a mm. piece in it. But you can't, yeah, because like, you should have, like, rehearsed it. No, on the contrary, that's what the whole podcast intro is for, it's non-rehearsal. Like, you couldn't do Careless Whisper, because you just go, and you just know what it is. Yeah. But you could you go, how about cough songs? Cough songs? Yeah, so if you were to do, like, Careless Whisper, it would be, 
<laughs> so is no, you should have rehearsed this. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, this is terrible. That, that one we'll put in the workshop and file. Smells like Teen Spirit. Oh Come my God, on. Go on. I was doing the cough song. Coughs like Teen Spirit. Uh, right, we better get out of here. Loads to do. Uh, loads to listen to on the podcast. We've got loads of stuff and things and funnies and ha-has and great times and crying. Oh. The only song, every time I try and think of something, all I can think of, you know my go-to songs yeah. my subconscious. All I can think of is, Nights in White Satin. <laughs> it's either that or, You feel up my senses. <laughs> Such a great song. And no one appreciates the fact that I can't make that joke with the senses. I wouldn't mind if the song is in my head 24-7. Uh, John Denver classic. Song? Even though I hate it. Uh, and I don't even know the no. second line. Yeah, I do you fill up my senses like a, the, like a night in white satin yeah I yeah. always sing like a field in the night which firstly doesn't make any sense and secondly is absolutely not the lyrics <laughs> no, like not. I only know that one line and then yeah, so it's a mashup you fill up my senses like a night in white satin <laughs> all through the air enjoy the podcast the air tonight can you feel oh, it's your song I love Oh, careless whisper. <laughs> Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith are here to talk about their brand new book called Gardening Together. Hi, boys. Hi. What Hi. did he call us? Two little, little Nas. It's a song. It, oh, it's little, singer. Singer. Yeah. little singer. Yeah. yeah. You're, okay, you're kind of like that. the Dermot and Dave what? of the gardening world. Like inseparable um, pals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, also very separable. <laughs> 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 yes, but when you're together, that's when the magic, that's the alchemy. Uh, how do you know? Uh, how do you know who Little Nas is? Because I have a radio, unlike you. <laughs> listen to He's from Carlo. He's from Carlo. He's from Carlo. Little Nas X is not from Carlo, just to clarify. That's, that's not why Paul You're from Kill Mechanic. In which it's, it's, it's just constant classical music. That's all you listen to down there. Well, he's Richie Cavanagh. And he's like, fuck do you get annoyed when people call it Kilmacanogue, which I did for years? No, what annoys me is the residents have got together and they've spelt it in Irish on a big sign into the town. Oh, th- that's annoyed you? Yeah, because it's already, it's already complicated yes. in terms of, like, yeah. my name, is it Dermot? Or is it Germit? Uh, <laughs> but now I don't know where I live. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they did that in La Hinch in County Clare. They just, uh, somebody decided that La Hinch was no longer L-A-H-I-N-C-H. It was now L-E-H. And if you drive around, you'll see loads of signs where someone has got a marker and and Rotates. tried to change it back to an A. <laughs> so people feel very particular about these things. And on Dangan for Dingle. Yes. Remember that? And that was, there was uproar uh, down, down there. Uh, Carlo is Protestant, so they don't tend to mess around. No, no, no. Mionavyog and Bagnostown, that really gets people. What's this? Bagnostown's official name is Mionavyog. It's not actually got an English name at all. Oh. It confuses everyone on the train because they never get off to Kilkenny because they don't know to get off to. Mionavyog. Mionavyog is Bagnostown. 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 Okay, right, right. There you go. I thought we were talking gardening <laughs> rather than place names, but hey, let's, well, let's get tell, stuck in. Tell us about the book. Uh, it goes month by month, and it's I like it because uh, you know it's it looks fairly idiot proof. Uh, I don't have to be an expert to really n- enjoy this book. 
It's written for you. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> it's a, an audience of one. Uh, yeah, it goes month by month. It's based on what we did on Instagram during lockdown. Uh, so mm. we pressed a button. We went live every night. Uh, community formed. And they wanted to know how to garden. So many people knew to gardening that had never maybe had a garden but never noticed it before. Mm. So this is an easy but slightly irreverent guide on well, what to do. I'll say, time. it starts off, the opening line of the book is, and uh, cover your little ears for a second, it just goes, because it goes month by month, it goes January. January is a shit show. It's literally the first <laughs> words of the book. But so it's, it's so true. Like Unless you're a car salesman or own a gym who actually likes January. January is the month that doesn't want to be, but it has to be after Christmas. So Are there things you can do in January garden wise that are helpful? No, Not really. We no. recommend going to Florida, getting an Airbnb uh, and sit in bed eating fries. Right, that sounds Airbnb. like heaven. So we booked up January, but there's lots of good stuff in May. Yeah, actually, we're in May now. I know we're going into June, obviously. And aren't they the two kind of super explosion growth months? Yeah. It's an unreal, unbelievable at the moment. It's just so exciting out there. Because in this country, everything wants to grow. We get the bit of rain. We get the bit of sunshine. That's what plants want. Uh, Long days uh, at the moment. The It starts getting bright, uh, I suppose, about 4.30 a.m. it does, yeah. So it's really uh, quite extraordinary. And I went to the uh, bathroom this morning at about 4.30. 4.30 and I opened the, an the, the blind <laughs> <laughs> no no I just drank a load of water <laughs> I was at the gym or something um, but I opened the blind and there was a massive seagull just looking in the window at me. <laughs> so he was up and about yeah, they tend to be. They tend to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, but it, it is the most extraordinary place to garden, and it's exhilarating being uh, a gardener at, at this time of year. Okay, well, it's 23rd of May. Yeah. We're almost at the end, so what are we doing right now? Give, if somebody's listening and looking at their garden going, what do I do today, lads? Well, in the book, we basically say you don't have to do very much to have a great garden. That's sort of the point you're making. Like, we talk about weeding. So weeding is in the month of May, and we talk about our approach to that, which is so different to what some people might think about weeding. Okay. We consider a weed, you know, after it's over six foot tall, taller than us, then we might take it away. Until Before then, that. we're not worried. I love this see well, yeah, it's your name yeah. is on the book too. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you you like you you, you like yeah. a garden growing wild yeah. uh, within reason. Yeah, well, I think it's it's really important because <clears throat> what, gardens have evolved to be to being these very controlled spaces, hyacinth bucket type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything must be pretty. Your roses must be perfect. You're not allowed any aphids, any slugs, or anything like that. That isn't like, and in, in doing that and in propagating those ideas about gardens, it means people are stressed. Stressed if the lawn isn't cut, if the yeah. edges aren't trimmed, if there's moss in the lawn, if there's daisies, if there's sandalas, none of these things matter. And it's much better for the environment if you don't use the chemicals, if you don't use the artificial fertilizers, all mm. those sort of things, if you don't look for the best all the time. Uh, Chelsea Flower Show starts pretty much today over in the UK, and that is gardening on steroids, and it gives the wrong impression. So relax, grow one plant and grow it well, or just enjoy it. Plant an apple tree something like that uh, and don't worry about what the neighbours are, are, are doing there's a lot of snobbery in gardening isn't there especially in Carla among the um, <laughs> famously Carlo. famously David you're, you take umbrage at the fact that I have got artificial grass in my garden 
Um, and I still have lots of plants mm. around which, lots which of trees. But she still cuts with a mower. It's very no, strange. Well, hang on. I, want, I wanted to ask you this. <laughs> I wanted to ask you this. It's a Fisher-Price mower he pushes <laughs> around it. My mother, uh, my mother recently got an auto mower. So it's a oh, yeah, it's a robot, robot guy, and yeah. he drives around. All Joe, Joey's and what do you think of them? Are, they, are you happy they're, with them? They're great. I'm very happy with them because, uh, first of all, we shouldn't have so many lawns. We shouldn't have any artificial lawns. But those automatic mowers—they're going all the time. They're solar, uh, battery uh, operated, yeah. but they're also mulch. So they cut the grass and they make it into pretty much fertilizer. This they is what I learned. The plant. Yeah. And they do provide some seed. You saw a photograph of an artificial lawn uh, and. You saw a letter that he'd written into the council. Yeah, so someone had an artificial lawn somewhere and it was covered in cherry blossom. It was about a month or two ago. Right. And they had wrote a letter to the council it's it, the wrote asking... Bit. Do you think the council, he wrote the book? The what? With language like that, they had wrote a letter. <laughs> this, this was my only job. <laughs> Who wrote it? This was my only job. On the was grammatically yeah. correcting Paul, okay. Oh, don't mind so, they wrote a letter... <laughs> They, they did something. They sent the letter in. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And the letter was all about this cherry blossom which had fallen onto the artificial lawn and this person was complaining that they had to go out twice a day and hoover the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I have, I have a robotic vacuum cleaner and I put him down on our on our artificial lawn and he goes you up and down. You actually put the robot... Yeah, of course you do. Sure. Because it's the dog worse. leaves something on it. And it no, I obviously make sure everything is clean. <laughs> Before I send Trevor out to do his job, I make sure everything else has been taken care of. Are you putting on a is festival? Trevor from Carlo? <laughs> Trevor is from Germany, actually. Oh, okay. And he only speaks to me in German. And he says things like, Aufladen hat begonnen. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, Trevor. Just do your business. Uh, how do you know we're putting on a festival? Because we know things. What's our job? Well, no, I think yeah. how does German know? <laughs> yeah. We got an email from you. With it's a weird email. Very little information in it. I wrote this email to Dermot Bannon to ask him to come and speak at our festival. Wow. Uh, I told him he was a national treasure. I told him I'd put him and his family up in a five-star hotel. They could, I haven't had an answer, but they could stay for as long as they like, blah, blah, blah. Tell him why important it will be. And then I thought, Jesus, I know another Dharmat. So I just cut and paste some of it. <laughs> Some of it. did. He took out the five-star hotel. And the National Treasure. And the National Treasure. (laughs) (laughs) I got this glowing email. There were still lots of compliments in there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And at the end, you just one line saying, by the way, I wrote this exact same email to Dermot Bannon, (laughs) but just changed a few words. They're like, oh, okay. So when is this festival happening? Uh, we got the dates wrong the last time. I think it's 17th, 18th of May, something so, or so September. September. So yeah. Paul, yeah, you're getting the dates wrong for sure because that was a few weeks ago. To me, that he has this friend. There's an amazing gardener in England. That uh, Paul. Oh no, I'm his best friend for years and years and years. And <laughs> last year's festival, this best friend, this big name horticulturist, said, wrote uh, Paul wrote and said, "You come and do our festival." And I said, "No, I can't do it, but I'll do it next year for free. Won't cost you anything, uh, uh, whatever." Paul writes to him this week. Uh, Talk to my agent. Talk to my agent. Talk about it. So horticulturists have agents. Oh yeah, yeah. We all have agents. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't. I don't anymore. Oh, I'm not with our agent. You're. You're not with our agent. I'm not with your agent. Are you with our agent? No. Seems Dermot's the only one with an agent here, apparently. Uh, But yeah, when you well, when you sent me the email, you used the classic thing of and. Sure, you know, bring your wife, yeah. which, which is always code for we've no budget. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put you in a guest house with your missus and you have a great time. And you're having such a great time, you'll forget we're not paying you. <laughs> you're going to a guest house and Dermot Bannon's got a five-star retreat. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be out in the so outhouse. 
Anyway, look, the book, the book, the book. So like everything's about the book. Is gardening together? Where did you get the hoodies, lads? Because on the front cover, you've both. I'm wearing my Dunstores hoodie. That's the colour, but they took the Dunstores logo out of it. And he's wearing my hoodie. Because I came with the wrong hoodie. Paul's wearing Dearma's hoodie. And your strings are gone out of your hoodie, Paul. I wrote to him last night. I said, you know, you're going up to the city tomorrow. Dress appropriately. Because he turned up for an RTE interview the other day. You you want to see it. It was like he was in the field digging potatoes. He dressed for the show. I was dressed as a gardener. He's a gardener. That's what he's meant to look like. No, not according to him. I'm going to wear a three-piece suit. Are you coming to the festival? We'll talk after the segment. Talk, talk to his age. Yeah. Talk to your former age. You, you need to answer a lot do you of do questions. Yoga stuff, no, yeah, no, do I don't. Do we want to hang on to Dermot? Yes. Uh, we could answer a few questions as Dermot and Dermot. If you have a question for Dermot and Dermot, uh, let us know on 087 4100 And in a few minutes' time, we will, uh, we will, we will let chaos ensue. Have you got time to hang around? <laughs> yeah, we have no choice. We just locked Are the door. you going down to see Dermot Bannon? No, 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 no. He's, he's not talking to us anymore. We'd love to hang around. Jim and Gavin and Paul Smith have stayed with us because we want to answer some of your questions. Well, actually, I should say. I'm feeling like a good loser. Yeah, Dermot and Gavin could probably leave here because we have our Dermot here who's joined yeah, us. Yeah, I'm here too. Uh, the other Dermot is filming this on his phone uh, at the, the moment. Case. <laughs> <laughs> All charges were dropped. <laughs> Lads, we've lots of questions that have flown in on 087 4100 so let's get to them. Uh, the first one is uh, How do you get rid of briars from a surrounding hedge? It's driving me mad, says Peter in Waterford. Uh, I know the answer to this. Uh, we've all worked with briars. You know them. They're the ones you go, you, you meet them by the kettle and they've something nasty to say. And you're, oh, you're one down on accounts. She's a total briar. Avoid her. So, so just avoid them. Just what are, what are in your hedges. Go out for drinks. Uh, don't invite them and then slag the hell out of them. That's gotcha. the only way to do, to deal with a briar. Any more help on briars? Um, <laughs> digging them out is the only way. So, uh, tough pair of gloves, uh, the fork in at the base of the plant and digging the root out. They hop. So briars produce long stems. They hop from place to place in the garden and wherever they land, they set new roots and they continue hopping through the side that way. If you're in a rural place, you could get a goat and you can hire goats by the day <laughs> to clear land and they will eat. But they love believe birds. You now, don't you believe it, hire a goat. Who can hire a goat? Where do you go? Is it hireagoat.ie? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Um, somebody sent us a picture of something. Um, it says, recently moved into a new house. These are flowers are growing in the front garden. I have no idea what they are. Can you give any info? Uh, there's a picture there if you want to have a look there. and Any idea what they might be or how you might it's deal with them? Uh, I might- lantern plant, crinodendron. It's really Chinese lovely. lantern. They're like really waxy flowers. Uh, big, long, sprawling, huge shrub. Cool thing. Mm. Um, I would say anyone who has them in their garden has notions. Oh. <laughs> like, what's wrong with a buttercup or a bluebell? <laughs> These are look like, I don't know what they look like. They look like Santa's testicles. They're, they're red and they're dangling down. <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> That's not a bad description, to be honest with you. Is it better to take the box off the lawnmower and leave the cuttings on the grass or remove them? Remove them. Remove them. Definitely, because if you... Oh, sorry, Dermot. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Dermot. No, you do. I haven't thought of anything funny to say. (laughs) If you leave them, uh, they disintegrate around the base of the grass plant. Uh, They form something called thatch. 
and that can uh, be a place for fungal diseases okay. to breed. But also you would say maybe don't cut as much of the grass because you like saying that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't have to cut all the grass. Leave one corner. Not to be well, actually, can I just say, like, uh, as a, a no. casual observer... No, no I can't no, and I will. Com- no, when it comes observer. to lawns, you cannot say. Not lawns, not no, lawns. When it comes to grass, you cannot okay, say. Okay, but I've noticed that no, the, councils, the councils around the place have left the wildflowers and left the lawns or the, the parks mm. grow a bit like for example directly opposite my house there's a big green half of it is cut so that we can enjoy playing football and rolling down the hill and the other half has got a sign in it and it says wildflowers for bees and for nature and they don't do anything to it and it's just there and they throw those seed bombs in and it looks beautiful no they say that's what they're doing oh but Uh one of them just went on a brick (laughs) (laughs) so your man who did half of it said right that's it Tony's not here I'm going home I'll just put a sign up and say, say it's, it's for, for the bees, the bees. <laughs> it's for the bees. <laughs> but it's actually for the beers because Tony was down the pub <laughs> come on Tony um, question for Dearmids I have an invasive ground elder problem in my herbaceous flower beds god I can't wait to hear our Dearmids Canison Canison <laughs> right <laughs> they don't want to use a weed killer though because it will kill everything else and it's bad for the environment should I learn to live with it or stop stressing about it I think, I think there was something to say. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't follow that at all. Uh, something about a herbaceous yeah, headache. You, you have to <laughs> dig it out. That's dig the only out, way to do it. But you dig it out before gr- growth starts. So if it's a her- herbaceous border in about February, March, dig everything up. Take the opportunity to divide your herbaceous plants and take any perennial weeds out, uh, including bishops either and uh, anything else convolvulus anything scotch anything else like that. you're just saying what you convolvulus and scotch you're just making <laughs> things up now look at the Paul going I'm just going to say whatever I want here and the lads are going to know the difference I just have to nod and agree yeah, convolvulus <laughs> convolvulus listen have we time for any more uh, one more one more uh, lads what do you guys think about wild flower packs I'm worried that maybe they're not native I think they're dangerous Uh, a bunch of them ran onto the field and punched the goalkeeper from Aston Villa these these packs of crazies are out there so uh, uh, listen and they're they're roaming around the streets and they're they're causing havoc Uh, so we should give uh, an even more sensible answer to that question so native wildflowers are really important for biodiversity it was World Bee Day last... Not Bee Day. We have to take care of insects, bees, moths, yes, everything else very that's, that, that's around. You do get these collections of what they call wildflower seeds. They're good to use, but if you can source native Irish wildflowers, especially if you're planting in rural situations, mm. that is better. But as long as you're putting uh, planting open pollinating plants that allow the bees and the insects good access to the pollen, we're happy. Gardening yeah. Together is the book by Jim McGavin and Paul Smith. It is absolutely beautiful and chock full of helpful things divided into months, which actually makes it really easy. So go and pick it up wherever you get books. What do you do in January? Jan, nothing. You just literally go get, rent an Airbnb and eat fries in bed watching movies. 
Dear McGavin and Paul Smith were in there a few minutes ago and uh, Dear McGavin suggested that to get rid of briars you could hire a goat. Mm. Paul Smith didn't believe you could hire a goat uh, but we've gotten a tweet in from Mary who has sent us in the direction of billysrentagoat.ie <laughs> and you can indeed rent goats for land management. Well, I know just before the whole of Hoth Head went on fire they were due to bring in some goats and, and put them up the top of... of the mountain, oh, and right. the goats were going to go around and keep the gorse and everything down at a certain level. Um, but then, I suppose, nature did it with fire. <laughs> Probably better with goats. <laughs> Maybe it's nature. Billy's rent a fire. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I don't know, we, how would you know, like, to, when does the goat stop eating things? You know, well, like, I think it eats your laundry. No, I, I think the things that we don't want there, like briars, they're delicacies for goats. So they just kind of go, well, obviously I'm just going to eat the delicious stuff. So then you, you kind of just let them off and they do the job for you. God, I thought fizz bombs were bad. Imagine eating briars. Your gums would be in bits. <laughs> <laughs> sure look at all right, lads, CCC is... Uh, Ash, look, it isn't that it. It's a game. You work out what's missing in the sentence, CCC, and you win yourself money. Matt is in Waterford, and he's an architect, and he's on the phone. Hello, Matt. How you doing? Not bad at all. What are you architecting today? Architect, I'm in the rain. I'm outside today. Uh, yeah, it's a bit meh, a bit grey. Is it? It's all right. right. Yeah. Listen, so we'll ask that opt- ophthalmologist chap. Get, get a little kind of uh, a blurry thing, kind of, like a... A thing kind of on on your eye, kind of moving across as you as you look at things. Ask him what that's about. So oh, something actually moving across your eye. Yeah, like a kind of a fuzz, you know. Does it disappear then? Yeah. It's like one of those things. Like the more you try and look on it, the more it moves away from you. That's the one. Yes, I remember having those before. It's yeah. like you would imagine, like if there was pieces of dust on a contact lens or something. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly there there is. is a term for those things, I can't remember, but we shall put it to him. Yeah, I've just written it down there, Matt, we'll ask him. Um, Matt, CCC, for €350, Euro, what do you think it stands for? Cars cause congestion. Cars cause congestion. No, is Matt. It? Ah, okay. they, I mean, there's no argument they do, but it's not mm-hmm. the right answer. All right, no worries. Okay, we'll ask the ophthalmic surgeon in a while and see what he says. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Cheers. Matt. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Killian is in Tyrone. Hello, Killian. Hey, lads. How are you? Good. How was the weekend? Ah, just grand. Quiet, quiet enough, apparently. Yeah. Were you watching any of the sport? Eh, uh, what? I did watch a bit now. This wasn't as lively. It wasn't as lively this weekend, uh, as it will be. This one. Oh, this weekend coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the following one. What are you excited about there? Oh, well, you've thrown an arm on the, in the back door in the qualifiers. Right. So I'm looking forward to that now. Right, Toronto, man. It'll be a feisty one. It will be. It's always a feisty one. Yeah, indeed it will. What do you indeed think CCC stands for? I went for colourful championship clashes. Colourful championship classes. Clashes. That's what um, our Cahill was hoping for there in uh, Semple Stadium. Oh, it was colourful. It was just the wrong colour. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely red, yeah. What yeah. to the swords Tipperary were? No. Sorry, Killian. All right, it's that's not right. No problem. Have a good week. Bye. 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 Catherine Lyons is in Kilkenny today. Hi, Catherine. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> sure, look at it. Isn't that it? Now, look at you. You just want a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today. If I'm sure, look, oh, isn't that it. a T-shirt? That's the colourful <laughs> T-shirt you need now in your life. Well done, Catherine. Thank you. Any crack? No, all quite. Good. Glad to hear yeah. it. Keep it simple <laughs> now.
Uh, what is CCC so for 350 euro? Uh, COVID cured certificate. COVID cured certificate. <laughs> Not as nice as a maple cured rasher, but okay. <laughs> COVID cured certificate. No. no. Oh. Sorry, Catherine. Okay. All right. Have a lovely week. You too. Bye. 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 Uh, it's looking at yeah. You still see people wearing masks around the place. Oh yeah. Um, I know. I feel sorry for the people who really want to wear them on public transport because like ninety five percent of people on the train certainly don't don't wear them. I was in so a couple kind of, of fighting a bit of a losing battle there. Yeah, I was in a couple of places over the weekend where I saw a lot of retail staff choosing to wear them. And I think that's totally fair enough if they're in there all day, every day, and they're trying to protect the people who are coming in and out. So fair play to them. Well, I think retail staff have to wear them in some, Is it still some have settings. To, right. I'm not actually sure. Are, are we meant to wear them in public transport or not? Or is it just all personal choice now? think so. Yeah. Um, 087-4100-102. You can drop us a text or a WhatsApp it, about anything at all. I was just chatting to my missus yesterday and it's like doesn't the whole lockdown thing seem weird now like when you think remember the 5k limit mm, the 2k limit yeah sorry 2k yeah yeah doesn't that seem like some weird thing like a dream yeah and it'll only get dreamier as we move on in our lives and get on the other yeah. side of things but hey monkey pox is on the way so monkey you know pox. lads <laughs> who knows <laughs> Uh, we agreed to do this competition a number of weeks back, and uh, now it's come around. We're like, oh my god, we have to do that today? Okay, here yes, we go. We should point out that it was our idea. No, it was definitely our idea. No. this on Cahal and Emer and Maria. This was very much our idea. Uh, obviously, we agreed to it on a Friday when we agreed to most things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. Let's just let us out of here. <laughs> okay, so we're going to basically be swimming in a movie. So we're going to do a movie script with our heads in water. Yeah. And you have to work out what the movie is, and the clue is... It's a sports movie. Yeah, that's the theme, obviously, is sports and keeping fit and enjoying the water. So you just got to work out what f- sports film we are reenacting underwater. Why do they give us some coldest water in the world? Brother, you want to be time, brother? Oh, come on, you can go to the water. Wow. What is our life? They didn't give us a towel. No, no towels just dripping onto the equipment now. Water beards we have now. Over the weekend, I was moving out of my house. It's a long, boring story about builders coming in, but I had to move everything out of the house, including the piano, right? And upright pianos, as you know, are very heavy, and they have little tiny casters on them, and those casters will absolutely destroy your floor. Now, it didn't matter because we're getting a new floor, but I don't want those casters on the piano when the new floor is in, if you know what I mean. Mm. So to put big rubber, like, shopping trolley ones on. So to do that, I had to lay the piano onto the sofa to access the wheels, take them off, and put on the new ones. So I then needed to get it back off the sofa, but flip it onto the new bigger casters. So I had to deadlift a piano onto it, <laughs> onto the casters, right? And I was so, I had that, like, I was lightheaded afterwards, that thing. You know, sometimes you see lads do big deadlifts and they yeah. kind of faint or they have a nosebleed. I kind of felt like that, right? I wasn't that, obviously, it wasn't 500 <laughs> kilos written. But I checked my uh, fitness tracker for my heart rate, right? Mm. And I peaked at 125 BPM lifting that piano. But then I looked back and it was like, there was a massive spike a bit earlier in the day. I was like, what was that? 155 BPM 
coaching the under 10s <laughs> soccer team against Huntstown Hartstown. Listen to what happened, right? Uh, Johnny and the lads at Huntstown Hartstown host us. Great match. Went 1 0 up at half time. Came in, said, lads, this is great. Keep it going. Just do what you're doing. Huntstown Hartstown came back, resurgent in the second half. 1 0, 2 1, 3 1 to Huntstown Hartstown. What is this? Under? Under 10s. 10s. Got a, got a, clawed one back, 3 2, and the time was taken by. 25 minute halves. It goes mm-hmm. quick. So we're just getting towards the end, getting towards the end, getting towards the end. Literally looked at my watch, or my phone, because I'm timing the thing. There were 25 seconds to go. Bang, bang, bang. Ball pings around. My young for Sam. Bang, hits it. Goal. 3 all. 155 BPM. <laughs> it was, he got the equaliser got the f- in injury dead time. Dead minute, the last minute equaliser. You know he grew up in a Man United house. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, speaking of football, there's a question in on 087 102 uh, and it is from Joe and Kildare says Dave where did you finish in your fantasy football league I finished in 2783rd place this is the Dave's World Fantasy Football yeah. League Joe I finished 4154th in my own fantasy football league out of 5000 I don't know how many people are in it but I finished 4154th um, here's the thing we have a we have a game going on between the show, okay? Mm. So Dermot, myself, Maria, Cahal, and Nina. <laughs> and Thanks for including me, but I haven't looked at it since the week you gave it to that's me, and I went, "What do I do?" And I haven't looked at it since then. Well, that's fine because that was your theory. Your theory yeah. was that you could do that, not look at it, and possibly beat me. But yeah. we will find out. Maria's not here. On a wait, she's back on on Wednesday. I think she's back, uh, and we want to because we have a prize to award to the winner of the Dermot and Dave mm. Fancy Football. So we'll but do I that. I think during the three week. of my star players have been arrested over the course of the season. <laughs> Actually, genuinely <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm not sure I scored particularly well. I I don't need to wait to know how I did. <laughs> I've got a story for us. All right, Dan, what did you order in the post? I ordered uh, Electric Jack from one of these fantastic Facebook ads. Oh, yeah. I said, yes, this is it. This is just what I wanted. So like a uh, jack for pumping up the car, is it? Lifting car, up the car. Yeah, and there was, a suppose, an electric wrench as well for taking off the nuts. I said, I'm a postman. So this was ideally we stuck in the middle of nowhere and you'd have this. There's Brilliant. nothing worse than standing up on that wheel brace and trying jumping up and down and trying to get it to move and it just won't move because <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. been attached by some pneumatic machine. So this was an electric jack and the electric wrench. Yeah, so you plug it into the supposedly plug it into the cigarette later of the car and it works away perfectly well. Brilliant. Right, great. I come home yesterday morning for my breakfast just before I go back out to work. And I see a little small package thrown at the door. A hand fan with a little Japanese figuri design <laughs> instead of my electric jack. So I said, surely there's a mistake. So I went along and checked the tracking number, tracking number, the same. So instead of an electric jack, I got a hand fan that you can wave in front of your head. I think you have a... A picture of it there somewhere. We so did. It's, 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 yeah. of it's very pretty. It's the one like you might see a Japanese lady from years gone by. You know, there's pictures of cherry blossoms on it, and you'd wave um, it in front of your face, and then it falls up. Yeah, absolutely. It just goes perfectly well with my postman's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you check the small print on the Facebook ad or to see what did it say? Anything like this? No, the, the Facebook ad is actually still um, for the, the jack. So, I can, I, I must actually send the. A picture of the of that as well. I've sent that to your email as well. Because uh, to uh, have a look at it. So the, the ad is still up. Like what was the term that I bought off the internet? 
and got a golf ball instead. Do you remember? There, then yeah, it was meant to be a putting machine, but what you got was some. So it it described the. It said a um, sphere. Yeah, it said like you want this putting machine. Like yeah, cool. It's you know fifteen euros. Like that's a bargain. And then in the description it said golf putting sphere like attachment creation. Yeah. It was like oh, I presume that's what it is. Hicko, and then that was a description of the ball. Yeah, no, oh, as I have. I have emails and everything that was 100% going to be an electric jack. So obviously, um, I just obviously get panicky standing alongside my van and wave the fan so that I, <laughs> I, I relax. Please help me. You're Penelope <laughs> pissed off, basically. Yeah. Hail, hail. Please, please help me. Just in time for summer. You look very elegant fanning Absolutely. yourself. I, I put on my shorts so we'll be sorted. Yeah. Dan, do you mind me asking how much you spent on the electric jack and wrench? It was a about 40 euros. 40 euro, and all you got was a, a teal cherry blossom fan. <laughs> Absolutely. Just perfect. <laughs> oh, no. Well, look, maybe you're not alone. Maybe other people have been duped by this incredibly effective uh, carjack ad. You can let us know on 087 4100 if you've fallen victim to the same scam, it seems, as Dan. <laughs> maybe it's not a scam. Maybe it's just someone who was hung over in their warehouse. Absolutely. <laughs> I think they had too much slacky over in Japan when they were thinking today. <laughs> Dan, we'll see you when you get back in. Fair play to you. Yeah, thanks, lads. All the best. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Really weird. Dan and McCroom ordered a electric carjack and electric wen- wrench. Wench. Electric wrench. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're different. <laughs> Off a Facebook ad, 40 quid he spent. <laughs> And what arrived was a very nicely painted, foldable, paper Japanese hand fan. All I'm seeing now is an android wench uh, from some kind of medieval bar. Well, Dan is not alone in this, right? Uh, Sonny was on to us to say, I ordered a shoe rack off a Facebook ad and I got a scarf. (laughs) That's not the same thing. Sean's on the line. Where in the country are you, Sean? I'm from uh, Kilmallock, County Limerick. Kilmallock, County Limerick. What did you order online? I ordered a 100-inch projector screen. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, thinking it was brilliant. And I uh, was tracking it for the three to four weeks, and mm-hmm. I got a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose when you put them on your eyes, the whole world is a screen. <laughs> yeah. So hang on, where, oh, have, you got, yeah. where have you got the, the projector? I did. I, I was. I was planning to have a nice uh, outdoor projector area. Yes. Just put a right damper on it, and I got a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> friend of mine has that set up outside and I have to say it is damned impressive now you wouldn't be watching something that you need to like have super HD quality on but if you're going to throw something on kind of in the back garden while you're sitting out in the sunshine mm. and whatever it's actually really cool to have the big screen out there in a like slightly covered area it looks really good yeah, thanks for rubbing it in Dave <laughs> <laughs> sorry Sean I'm just excited about well, projectors you know what maybe it's punishment for you Sean for having absolute notions of sitting yeah. outside <laughs> watching movies you know we don't live in the right climate for that you know everyone no. have their coat on a woolly hat and then uh, the screen would just be wet <laughs> like, is, is this what you really want yeah an umbrella <laughs> well actually yeah. Noelle was on to us uh, and uh, Sean right and she ordered a sun umbrella that had lights on the inside of it so like a parasol mm. thing that you protect yourself from the sun with lights on the inside and she got the same fan that Dan got Oh, well, someone says that it's a scam. 
Oh, it's definitely a scam. That they send you the wrong item and say yeah. they'll refund it, but then they say they need the faulty item back. So when you send them back, you know, the thing that they sent you, they say, oh, that's the wrong item. And you're like, no, you sent me oh, the fan. And so they you, go, oh, we didn't send you a fan. We sent you a projector screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sean, don't send it back, whatever you do. Yeah, they offered me to send it back for, I, thought, I think I paid 30 euro for it. Yeah. And they said, you send it back for 20 and we'll uh, try and refund it back. <laughs> try and uh, refund it back. More or less. Are the sunglasses they, they nice? Leave it. Are they su- do no, they suit no, you? They were absolutely shocking. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look, that'll teach you now for ordering off a Facebook ad. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Impulsive Facebook ads are fun. Except yeah. when you, yeah. you don't get your Now, Instagram screen. ads, they're something completely different. <laughs> May I recommend the remarkable two <laughs> distraction-free tablets? He still, he still talks about it. Uh, Sean, thanks a million. Thanks. See bye. you later. Bye-bye. Up Limerick. Someone says, I ordered a fancy gym timer clock from a Facebook ad a while back. When it arrived, it was the crappiest feckin' alarm clock that you've ever seen. I'd war with PayPal over it. Eventually sent it back to China and got my refund. A few weeks later, the feckin' thing arrived back at my doorstep. It never delivered back to the suppliers in China so it made four trips around the world and my parents now use it as an alarm clock and wasn't there a minister just on the news saying to Asterix you know next time you take your flight think about the consequences of the global warming and how you're sending a a crappy alarm clock around the world four times I know the stuff that we do actually the carbon footprint uh, we kind of watch what we're doing we have a handle on that but actually we don't think of the the products that are flying backwards and forwards are coming over on these massive boats that yeah. are polluting everything. Uh, Mark and Selbridge says, lads, I ordered a lamp and matching hanging ceiling lamp before. When the items arrived, they had no electrics whatsoever in them. <laughs> so they were just pieces of plastic. <laughs> See, they're just... I, mean, they're, I think the Chinese just know that they're so far away and there's a language barrier and... They just know. You're, yeah, but hang on. A, a tiny percent are going to have the effort to actually chase this down. Right, but I, as you well know, Dermot, and have often said to me, I have a very a strong relationship with China. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be honest, I don't. This doesn't happen. This happened to me one yeah. time. Vladimir I got that Putin golf ball. comes to you to, for advice. <laughs> on how to create stronger bonds with China. I find that my Chinese brothers are sending me all the stuff I need whenever I order it. Dave Wishmore is his name. (laughs) That don't really work out the way you'd intended. We heard from Dan from McCroom uh, who ordered something for his car, like an electric jack to raise the car up. And instead he got a fashion Japanese hand fan to wave in front of his face at uh, events where it's just too hot to handle and uh, obviously he was not happy with it uh, a lot of you complaining that you've similar things have happened to you Kira's in Louth hello Kira hi how's it going good thanks Dermot here Dave is here as well what happened to you what did you order um, so my dad loves these particular sandals Christmas time usual man never wants uh, to say what he wants so we finally got out of him he wants these sandals mm-hmm. he's the retired from an IT president role so we were like okay you pick a website we'll buy them Yeah. so he did we get the tracking number it's all in Chinese but like no, it's coming from China so that's fine and 85 quid uh, for the shoes 15 delivery and then we got a scarf oh yeah a, a Burberry scarf it d- definitely was uh, real if you ask my poor mum on Christmas day who loved a bit of Prosecco <laughs> okay so you repurposed the incorrect we gift we repurposed yeah, it was the most expensive Christmas Very present clever. I think I've ever come up across. <laughs> uh, did you say your mum knew that it was a fake? 
the next day, I think she figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> but not at the time on Christmas no, Day. God bless her. Well, hang on, what, what did your dad end up getting? We gave him 50 quid in the scarf. And we were like, there you go. <laughs> like, you love you just retired as the president of an IT company. Here's 50 yeah. quid and a fake scarf. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> so my mum got over. She was like, you know, loves the Rebecca as we all do at Christmas. Listen, Put it on her and was like, God, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so lovely and cozy. And we're like, oh, Jesus, don't tell her. Let her have her own. Exactly. As an IT expert who didn't recognize the scam website, yeah, are you sure yeah, he retired yeah. and he wasn't pushed? I mean, I don't know at this stage. He even said, but the company website said Ireland in the title. I was like, Dad, it's a dot com. <laughs> are you kidding me? Come here. Thanks so much, Kira. No worries. Bye. 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 Uh, we got a note in from David. Leds, I got, I ordered uh, one of these snuggy yokes, these r- big fleecy blankets. Yeah, I've got one. Off uh, net, one of these websites and uh, waited and waited and waited and got nothing. Got nothing in the post. And they emailed me then and asked me, was I happy with the service? And I said, no. And they said, is there anything you could do to improve the service? And I said, yeah, send me my Snuggie. <laughs> and I uh, still haven't heard anything from him. And that's a year ago. So one of these days I'm going to get a Snuggie. Poor David. I feel bad because Snuggies are the most amazing thing. I have one called an Udi. So there's a different brands of them, whatever. But they're basically, mm-hmm. it's a big, giant, fleecy hoodie that would go down to my knees and would fit like two of me in it, but it has arms and pockets and a hood, and it is, it's all, I live in it, absolutely live in it. This is the kind of thing you wear when you're sick. Uh, yeah, I would wear it, but yeah. I wear it when I'm not sick too. Like, I know, because you dress like a baby. I do dress like a baby, there's no question Baby crows that. and bibs. <laughs> uh, someone says, I ordered one of those tennis ball launchers, this is Lisa in County Mayo, uh, for my dog. I only got the tennis ball. Oh, uh, that's that small printing again where you ordered, you thought that you ordered, but when you went in, mm. I guarantee you the wording of it was weird enough that it would just meant the tennis ball. But you remember the golf ball, the thing that happened to you? You thought you were getting me like a putting machine. That's it. But all you got was the ball. Yeah. And when you read it, it said putting sphere, sphere which is essentially yeah, a golf ball. Small print. Well, someone says, best thing to do when taking a chance buying things online is to use PayPal. I got scammed when I ordered that golf putting game. They sent me the single golf ball. When talking to the company, they wanted me to send it back and they would refund me X post and packaging, which would have been nothing. I contacted PayPal and they gave me a full refund and I got to keep the lousy single golf ball. Oh, I never thought of that. I just went, oh, well, that's the end of that. Mm. Like 700 euro I spent on your present, Dermot. <laughs> yeah, 700 euro, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Casey was on to us too. Uh, one stage, I uh, ordered what I thought was a wig for a costume. It was a Lady Gaga wig. And I was so excited, I got it off eBay. Uh, and what came was a little tiny photograph of said wig. It cost me 30 quid. Good <laughs> <laughs> for a photo of a wig. I don't know what's worse though. When someone gets a photo of the right thing, or what happened to another listener, there it was someone says, Laz, my wife ordered a handbag for a wedding. This is what arrived. And the photo is the person's hand mm. and the bag, which is about the like about size of half of the person's hand. And he says, I don't think she wanted to bring her wallet to the wedding, but that's how small it is. Like, so you order it, but you just didn't check the dimensions. Yeah, it's and so hard to tell, isn't it? I don't think I've ever had an energy drink. Like, I've, I mean, you know, maybe I drank like a Red Bull when they came out first, or but I haven't had an energy drink in ten years anyway, right? Pretty tired, a busy weekend, moving out of my house and whatever, and yesterday on doing the show and interviews and going on the telly and all the rest, I'm kind of exhausted. Should I try an energy drink and see if it if it buzzes me up? Yeah. No. No? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. They're not good for you. I know they're not good for me, but I've never like one of them is not going to make any difference. <laughs> but will it make a difference in my energy levels? Totally. Okay, calls calls determined. For it will fun. because it'll it's massive amounts of caffeine. Yeah. So your heart rate will go sky high. It's also got stuff like taurine and all that in it. This sounds like what it I basically need. Basically, shocks your body. Yeah. So shouldn't I shouldn't I give it a go instead of yawning no, my way through all the it dogs? All is raise up, give you energy. Basically, it borrows energy from you about 90 minutes away. Oh, so it right. takes that energy and you'll be like, oh, woo, shh, wow, I think I will sign up for that 10k run. And then uh, by <laughs> quarter past 11, you'll be, I'm so tired, I'm worse, I'm worse now than I was. And then you're just chasing worried. that dragon all day. You have okay. to have another energy drink. I don't know, Carl, he's kind of talking me out of it. Come on. <laughs> Let's see, we'll see. Well, look, you know, who am I? There's a very famous company called Red Bull who actually can take part in Formula One because they have so much money. So people are definitely buying this stuff, that's, that's for sure. True, that's true. Other brands are available. <laughs> Hello, friends at Monster. And other <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, lads, uh, it's time now to give away. Actually, sorry, do you know, do you remember uh, Jolt Cola? Oh, I did drink Jolt Cola in the 90s. Yeah, I think that, that was. It didn't have all the things that energy drinks. It doesn't have that, that gloopiness that energy right. drinks have. Maybe I should have another cup of tea. Do you like the smell of Red Bull when mm. someone's drinking it in a pub no. and talking to you? No. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'll just have a cup of tea. Just go the whole hog. Have a, have a double vodka Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. At 10, 13 you in the morning. not any of the show, but it could be the best one you've ever done. Connor, Connor's in Waterford and wants to win himself some money today. How are you, Connor? How are you doing, lad? Not bad at all, apart from being exhausted and grand. Come here. Have you, for, have you had an energy drink? I have, yeah. I think you should t- have about five of them. Five? <laughs> Go big or go home. <laughs> did you ever spend a night on them? You know, being out in the pub and have them? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, there was vodka included as well. What's did it like? Like, are you absolutely freaking out? I have no idea, but the next day I was fairly shook. <laughs> yeah, I do think you don't feel good the next day off of no, it because you just no, have this no. massive, basically, sugar, caffeine, and everything else crash. Right, That's right, it, right, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Dermot, are you looking forward to the new Irish Open trophy this year? I am. Absolutely, I'm looking... Well, I'm looking forward to the whole event with people, yeah, and yeah. I'm lucky enough to be playing in the Pro-Am again, mm-hmm. so I can't wait for that. I don't know which pro I'm playing with. Sorry, just to let you know, uh, I want to make sure, Connor, yeah. you're aware of this. You're talking to popular Today FM broadcaster, Dermot <laughs> Whelan, which is how he's referred to in the uh, in the press release, yeah. and that's what I've called him now every time I see him. Because the other ones were like, you know, oh, uh, BAFTA award-winning uh, Olympian, and then they got to me and went popular presenter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what is there a new shiny trophy? There is, there is a new design this year. Oh, is we this got, because it's sponsored by Horizon, or is Horizon. it just uh, yeah because yeah, of that? Just, they've just done a redesign this year, so it's more modern. So I think you might like it, yeah. Yeah, and are you? Uh, do you work for Horizon, or how do you no, know no, this? No, no, I work for Water Crystal, so I made the mold for. Oh wow! No way! Unbelievable! Connor. That is so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you get this mold, and then what makes the the stuff you pour into that mold different from regular glass? Uh, an element of lead in it. Okay, so that makes it heavier. Exactly, exactly. Gosh, and that gives, gives it the weight and gives it the, the shine, and yeah, yeah. That's a great honor, isn't it, to make something so prestigious? 
it is, yeah. I get, I get great fun out of it now, to be honest. Now, you Connor, know, are there other people in the process now who are you're no, you're no, out do, no. you're doing them out of praise here now? So you made the no, mold. No, no. Who poured the glass? Ah, well, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Connor, take the glory. So I, I'm guessing with a mold, you're, it's almost sort of reverse engineering because Absolutely, everything yeah, is yeah. backwards. It's like a, a photo negative that you're working from, so that when you fill it up with something, it it looks normal. Exactly, yeah. We get basically a piece of paper or cardboard cut out of what the glass will look like and I have to put it on the lathe and turn it and get the timber, get the inside to match that bit of cardboard, basically. And would you design it, is there any kind of, you know, 3D CAD sort of, uh, you know, computer 3D rendering or modelling of it or is it just cardboard? No, it's just a piece of two-dimensional cardboard with the shape in it. And with the turning on the lathe, that's why you get the same symmetry all around. That's very impressive. So, so if you two cool, keep though. talking about golf trophies, I'm going to need more than energy drinks, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get down to business? No, this is kind of, this is ancient craft of our nation, uh, Dave. Fine. Is, yeah? Yeah. I still need two Red Bulls and a monster <laughs> to get through the conversation about it. Okay. Connor, CCC, 400 quid. What do you think? Uh, I guess uh, colouring creates calm. Colouring creates calm. No, Connor. Oh, well, but no, fair Connor. play to you for making the trophy. No bother at all. C- Good co- to chat to you, lad. And yeah, yeah, and Dur- you I'll give you Dermot's number. You can chat to him after the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, Connor, I think we should run a, a mini poll. If you found that conversation <laughs> interesting about Waterford <laughs> Crystal and the new trophy, uh, text or WhatsApp, yes, to 87 102 If you found it... Uh, Boring, say no. It's unfair because the people who found it boring are so asleep <laughs> and they can't reach their phones. <laughs> Connor, we'll talk later. See you, Connor. Bye, Bye to everybody in Water Crystal. Bye-bye. 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 Uh, Michelle Smith's in Port Arlington. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how's it going? Not bad at all. You're working today? Working today, yeah. Did you find that interesting? <laughs> I did. There it's you more go. interesting than my job. What's your job, Michelle? <laughs> I'm in accounting. You're an accounts? Well, you know, even even Connor and Waterford, even someone needs to take accounts of what's going in and out of Waterford Crystal, so, you know, it has to yeah. be done. And accounts is interesting to people who like numbers. Like, if you, yeah. if you, if you get excited by numbers... What's the worst job in accounting and what's the best part? Uh, Come on, Michelle, the best part is knowing everyone's salary. We all know that. That's yeah, the best that's, yeah, part of accounts. Okay, yeah. Plus, you get to cut yeah, the checks and make people happy and help them to pay their mortgages and everything. Yeah, that's true. Like, without you, society collapses. Job now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, CCC, 400 euro, what do you think? I have cats can claw. Cats can claw. Do you have a cat? No, don't like them really. No, neither do I. You know when you see, I was actually watching an ad for cat food last night. I never get the sort of the, like cat food ads that it's like premium. Yeah. Like these cats deserve the greatest. There's this one now that you turn upside down. Have you seen this, Michelle? No. This cat food, you, you, it like comes in a basically a, like a fancy yogurt pot, but you turn it upside down and then you lift it up in a dramatic fashion and it looks like a kind of a, a moose or something. What's, what's wrong with looking after your cat and giving your cat a nice fancy a, moose? They're eating mice and then you're serving it up like they're at Patrick Gilbo's restaurant. Like, they're, 
They've just literally clawed a rat to death outside. That's and not the everyday life oh, of a house they cat. They can only eat the finest cuisine. <laughs> no, he's eating rodents. Still Caesar things for dogs are fancy ones that come in upside yeah, down it's all cartons. Silly. They know what they're, they're eating. Like I looked out at my dog Buddy. He was eating. I don't know what it was out of a drain. <laughs> I was like. Any of those fancy dog foods are wasted on them. Michelle, cats can claw. It's wrong answer. No bothers. Thanks, guys. All right. See you later. Bye. Right, bye. 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 Uh, Dara Walsh is from Mitchelstown. We're currently driving into London, Dara. Well, how's it going, Ed? <laughs> sure, look at isn't that it? Sorry, you just put a bright yellow German Dave today, FM Master. Look, isn't that a t shirt? Well done. Yay! I'm going to win, okay? Come here, come here, come here, come here. What, why is he driving into London? Um, I drive in a van. Well, my family operates a whole movie company, and we operate kind of between Ireland and the UK and stuff like that. Right. So, do you do yeah. it regularly then? Drive across, yeah. get the boat, and. Every, every week, my family or other family members do it as well. It's uh, my family business. Uh, could I give it a plug? I was going to say, give it a plug right <laughs> now. Watch your movies. Whites. Walsh. Welsh removals. Yeah, yeah, W-A-L-S-H, Walsh removals. Oh, Walsh. Jeez, I wasn't hearing yeah. you right there at all. It's obviously, <laughs> it's obviously the English phone. Worm. Wales. Walsh removals. Uh, Walsh removals. And uh, do you find that most families are moving from here to the UK or UK back yeah, to here? It's, it's a, lot coming, a lot of them coming back to Ireland from Brexit and COVID and stuff like that. We've mm. been up being crazy busy the last couple of years. It's just gotten busier and busier, so... Oh, well, uh, it's I'm, I'm, I might as well change my nationality to English at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear. Uh, don't do that. Uh, no. it's, it's nice to hear that uh, families are coming home because all the yeah. news that we're fed is that everyone is emigrating and they just can't stay here. Well, they might be emigrating, but they're not emigrating to England because of Brexit. <laughs> they're just going somewhere else, probably. <laughs> I, th- I, I think kind of COVID is kind of being people realise that you know co- they want to be a lot closer to home. So that's yeah. What we're yeah, kind yeah, of doing yeah. stuff like that for a lot of English kind of old retired English couples moved to like to West of Cork oh. and carry stuff like that. Sure. There's no one with a Cork accent in the West of Cork. It's all Germans <laughs> or English. That's all you find <laughs> down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well listen, this is very exciting, Dara. Certainly more exciting yeah. than golf trophies. Um, <laughs> tell us, for you've already won the t-shirt. How dare you. 400 quid on the line for, for CCC. What do you think? Uh, I go for clear, concise controls. Clear, concise uh-uh. controls. <laughs> yeah. Dara. No. Uh, <laughs> no worries. Sorry about that. Yeah. Drive safely and we'll send that's you the right, t-shirt. Right. <laughs> Thanks to me, See you, Dara. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Well, actually, you'll be happy to know, Dave, that the results of the mini poll are in as to whether my conversation with um, Connor. Connor was interesting or not about Waterford Crystal. Right. People have voted. 92% mm-hmm. said the conversation was interesting <laughs> and only 8% thought it was boring. <laughs> That's because, as I said, the 8% are asleep oh. wherever they are. You're just tired and you haven't got the mental capacity to cope with a conversation about a water for crystal trophy. I really don't. <laughs> You just want to talk about moving. I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be fine. I'll suck it up. I'll inhale and feel great about everything. You don't need to. What? We do a double header. Yeah. I can just do the talking and we can play more songs. That's what we do when one of us is tired. Plan. <laughs> and really? we learned nothing Cause, cause in the last look, 20 years. Because after looking at it, it took 15 minutes for some reason. We should be going into the ad break now. we were now. talking about trophies. Yes, I know. Walks. Walks. Walks.
The Story. Today FM. You know Nina Conti, Dave. Yes, Nina Conti is a brilliant British comedian. She is the woman who puts masks on volunteers from the audience uh, and then does a ventriloquism act with the volunteers and also has all their puppets and things about But, but the mouth moves oh, on the masks. It's, it, it's just so funny. So painfully funny when yeah. you watch her stuff. I love it. Well, look, you'll know her and her monkey uh, from shows like QI, Live at the Apollo, and now she's bringing her incredible dating show to Ireland. Nina Conti will be trying to set people up Kind of. And it is a great pleasure to have her on the line. Good morning, Nina. Wow. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're very welcome. It's lovely to talk to you. It's been a while since uh, we spoke to you on the show. Definitely pre-COVID. But it's lovely that you're back on stage. First show in four years. It's got to feel like you're going home in some ways. Oh, wow. Is it the first in four? I feel like I've been doing this show for four years because it spanned all those postponements and everything. I know. And it's so different from what I said it was going to be, which is a dating show. I thought it was going to matchmake people. Turns out, no, I'm not good at that. I I just... (laughs) I just like it being funny. So I sabotage existingly good relationships. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, if people found love, it wouldn't be particularly hilarious. So I think, you know, damaged relationships are just so much more funny. It's really funny, isn't it? It's funnier to, to say all the things that aren't working. <laughs> and how do you decide who's going to come up on stage with you? I know that you've had people's parents on stage and, you know, you're, you've had such a great mix of people. Is it really just in the moment you look at someone's face and think, you? Yeah, I avoid the people who are terrified. I avoid the people who are really keen. Um, <laughs> and then the, the middle ground is really fruitful. Yeah, but isn't um, it the case then if you do, you know, put these famous masks that you are famous for doing and you effectively say what those people are saying? I mean, does it matter who you get on stage, really? No, it doesn't. I try to make it look like, so I'm controlling the this mouth that they're wearing. So it looks like I'm making them like a human cartoon come yeah. to life. But I always try and say what it looks like that face might be saying <laughs> right. like as, as accurately as I can and fitting the body language and everything. I don't remember anything I've done when I come off stage. I've entered a kind of state of narration and there's no like there's no forward thinking. There's absolutely no control in what I'm doing. But it's funny for me that way. And in that sense, where do you see the comedy coming from? Do you see it coming from your own brain or do you have a more, uh, I don't know, ethereal I don't view? Think I've, got, I've got hardly anything to do with it, certainly the way I experience it. And I actually come off stage thinking, well, they were really funny, that one, that Scottish one. He was funny. He wasn't Scottish. He wasn't <laughs> funny. He was just a person put in a ridiculous predicament. Yeah, you said, you <laughs> said what he said in your Scottish accent. <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't say it, you know. It wasn't yeah. something that I would have said. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working. We would love you to take part in What's the Story today. Are you up for that? I'm really, I've got fallen to pieces completely as a person trying to think of a story. <laughs> I mean, I could, I mean, the, the first moment I met Monkey, I suppose, feels a little bit like a pivotal moment in my life. Well, we'd love was, to hear that because, you know, Monkey is such a, an important part of your work. Uh, we'd love to hear how you met. Well, I, I was, I was quite drunk. And I had learned a tiny bit of ventriloquism, not really very much, but just enough to know that I was kind of natural at not moving my mouth. But I 
Uh, I'd been using like a mannequin, one of those horrible things, and everything he said was lecherous, and it didn't make any sense to me why I kept making him say these things that were lecherous on me. I was like, what kind of, this is the sickest thing I've ever done, making this awful guy fancy me. What am I doing? Anyway, it was in the night, and I um, I just remembered I had a funny-looking little monkey hand puppet. I thought, oh, my goodness, maybe his mouth opens, and I got him from wherever he was, I don't know, some back of some cupboard. And I pulled out all his stuffing and I realized I could get my hand into his face. And I worked it right to the front of his mouth and I turned him to look at me. I like got a shock. I wonder if retrospectively I've made this moment more pivotal than it was. But as soon as it looked at me, I thought, oh, now we're talking. Now this guy knows this guy knows all my secrets. This guy is going to out me for everything grubby I ever do. And he's kind of not on my side, but he's more me than I am. And he just said, hello, Nina. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. It's So did he instantly sound like that? Yeah, he sounded like that. He actually spoke slowly. He was like, Nina. Nina. I remember going, Nina. Looking at him going, oh, I'm in trouble now. Does it ever make you think about the kind of brain that you have? Like most people when they're at home drunk, you know, they make cheese toasties and fall asleep with a grill on <laughs> or, you know, sit down and, and watch if two hours of Sky News or, or, I don't know, whatever else happens to be on. The figure- other things that you're not mentioning, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I, think I, uh, I, I, I might do those too, but... Maybe I, I'm like petrified of being alone. Maybe is like the sadder side of it, or I'm an only child. I'm like always been trying to populate my life. So I think that might be the reason. And also, I've been I was brought up quite um, progressively, but also like I had to be really squeaky clean and like a really I don't know like a likable person who only does nice things. So as soon as you you know that's what you have to be, something else starts growing in the mud, you know. <laughs> All you need is a vessel through which to transfer this, this filth you've been building up over the years. Yeah, you suppress this sort of shadow, this shadow side, and it was like suddenly the dam burst and there he was coming out the monkey. Well, so he's, he's like more the real me than I am. I'm like, I'm the construct for society. <laughs> he's, he's the actual voice. In the same way that his head turned towards you, your eyes met and you realized you were connected for life and something powerful <laughs> was going to happen. Are you ever afraid that someday you'll put your hands in, you'll turn his head towards yours and the connection will be gone and you'll realize, oh, you oh no, it's time to move oh, on. that's horrible. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, that's horrible. That's going to be a nightmare now. He's got nothing else to say. Or he like, floats away like, I've done my work. Like, no, yes, time, time for another now. monkey. Yeah. He just slowly unravels from the yes. bottom up. We should start seeing other monkeys. That conversation often no, happens in relationships. Mo- monkey will be here forever. Don't worry. I got some backups. You know, he's cloned. He's cloned like oh, that. That's good moon. to I hear. Break out another one, you know. Yeah, because I know that from time to time, 
time famous puppets do tend to go missing. Mm. Um, I think, where Zig and Zag, uh, they were kind of our famous TV puppets here for years. Yeah. They, yeah. they did the big breakfast years ago. I don't uh, know one of them went missing. I know Bosco went missing, like, yeah, full so, on for ages. We had another one called Bosco, but in fairness, he was so annoying, most of the country <laughs> wanted to kidnap him, so that, that was acceptable. <laughs> well, look, thank you so much, Nina. We can't wait to see you on Irish stages uh, on your tour in June. And thank you for thank doing... You. What's the story today? Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Nina. Bye. Bye. What's the story? Today FM. Dermot, somebody sent a picture of Dermot's book and said, Dave, here's a remedy for your tiredness. You sleep like a, sleep like a baby afterwards. After you read Dermot's book. I think they mean that in a positive, complimentary way. As in, you know, the meditation will take you into deep sleep. As opposed to, it's so boring. Well, your problem is not like, you know, you don't have, you don't have difficulty sleeping. God, no. You just, you haven't been able to get into the bed for long enough. No, I could curl up on the floor right now and in three minutes I'd be well, smiling. Have we no explained idea. that you've, you've had to move out of your own house because you haven't worked on, so you've gone and moved in with your mother's. My poor mother. One of your kids is six, then you had to go down and sleep yourself. Late at night in the, the old building house. other house. Yeah, 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 and all that. Yeah, yeah. And look, hey, look, hey, people get tired. I shouldn't feel sorry for myself. I'm just a bit tired. Boo hoo. But Carl made me a cup of tea. That's what I'm going. Sorry, with. you don't. You don't seem to know. Oh, that when you turn forty, you get your knackered license. Oh, which means that you can walk around and tell everyone that you meet that you're knackered. <laughs> I didn't like, realize. No one can say anything. Free from repercussions. Okay. You can just taxi drivers. Bus drivers, people you meet in a lift, you go, how are you? And you can go straight in there. So when someone says to me in the shop later on, I get my lunch, they go, how are you getting on today? I can go, oh, knackered. I don't know what's wrong with me, I'm just knackered. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. That's your knackered license. Feel free to use it, Dave. I'm so happy. Dave's world, Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. Bad Jokes Edition. Okay, here we go, guys. Everybody sent me this joke this week. So usually that means it's appeared on some kind of internet meme somewhere Mm. and everyone has it, so here we go. But I think I've done it before, but it's still a good joke. In a freak accident today, a photographer was (laughs) injured when a lump of cheddar landed on him. To be fair, the people who were being photographed tried to warn him. Cheese. They kept saying, cheese, cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one, they need to be explained. <laughs> Great opener. Uh, well, actually, Dermot Whedon, Dermot Whedon sent me number two uh, because he might slag Dave's bad jokes. But every now and again, Dermot gets very excited when he thinks of a bad joke oh, and then God. WhatsApps me and sent me this. Dave, Dave, I just made up a joke. Guys, I've always dreamt of being a baker for an airline, but it's probably just pie in the sky. <laughs> Hey, hey, no bun intended. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Carl, what's terrible. Of that? Terrible? Oh, horrendous. I liked it. Of course you did. I can't believe you're, you're falling into his trap, Dermot. Well, I, you know, at least I wrote it myself, you know. What? You don't think I write these? I write them down. <laughs> I write them down. Marie says, I met my husband on Tinder, which was a bit awkward. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he ain't supposed oh, to be on no. Tinder. Oh, yeah, I get yeah, it. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick says, I, w- I was working as a delivery driver and I asked the recipient where he wanted his giant roll of bubble wrap. He said, just pop it in the corner. Took me about three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one actually I just remember now, which is like, we were so poor when we were kids that we, our man would make us shoes out of bubble wrap and say, just pop to the shops. He's gone off script here. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Explaining jokes and going off script. Murphy Graham says... A woman divorced her husband 
after finding a notebook with the names of cows on it under his mattress. It wasn't the main reason they split up, but it was the catalyst. (laughs) (laughs) Catalyst! The fish has been on. Hi, the fish. (laughs) The fish says this morning a gardener, prisoner, escort van and a cement lorry collided on the M7 near Port Leash. Guardy are searching for four hardened criminals. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph says, knock, knock. Who's Who's there? there? Uncomfortable silence. Uncomfortable silence who? (laughs) (laughs) That's the joke. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Stephen says, I went to see a psychic and he was in a bad mood. Then I saw a clairvoyant who was rather grumpy. I got my tarot cards read by a ratty lady last week. Lads, I'm just trying to find a happy medium. (laughs) (laughs) Colm says, these delays in Dublin Airport are ridiculous. An hour and a half queuing up and I got pulled over by security. Security guard said, random check, sir. I panicked and said, "Uh, Martina Navratilova. Oh, anyone under 30 or 40 is going, who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Greg says, what's the scariest plant in the world? Bamboo! <laughs> Such a dad joke. Yes, it is. This is the best dad joke I think we've gotten in this week. Dino Spursy says, TDs have claimed 200,000 euro in expenses for having kittens neutered. That is a total waste of cat spares money. Cat <laughs> 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 spares. Paul says, my wife turned to me the other day and told me I need to grow up. I was speechless. Mind you, it is quite hard to talk with 45 jelly babies in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, Tony says, guys, I've just released my first book. It's very exciting. It's called How to Say No Emphatically in German. It's available in everywhere. Nine ninety nine. Two songs going head to head. I'm Dave. I choose the cheese. And today I choose Bruce Springsteen's cheesiest tune. I'm Dermot. I picked the crackers. I picked Stereo MCs. Calls in. He chooses which song goes on the radio. Uh, by virtue of how many votes you've cast in favour of what. Yeah. Uh, Carl's got percentages for us. And you've confused a lot of people. There's a lot of te- I've never seen so many texts that say, I'm voting for this, but I think it's that. So 70-30 in favour of cheese. Yes! But a lot of people are saying it's a cracker. You see, I told you. It's not a cracker. This is a cheesy this, tune. This could be in the oh. chacker category. No. Both cheese and cracker. It's cheese. It's Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark. Uh, look at him. He knows. He dance, Courtney. Got the dance to AFM. Dancing in the dark. Your cheese winner on today's oh, FM Controversial today. cheese winner. What? It a is A lot of cheesy. people saying... That is just a okay. cracker. You had to come into the cracker camp let to me get ask, a cheese winner. Let me ask you <laughs> this. Embarrassing. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Would you sit there and go, here's a cracker from Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, <laughs> in the same way. Absolutely. No, you, no, you wouldn't. You'd go, ah, oh, it's too cheesy. It's 
too cheesy. No, it's that's only that because it's from the 80s you've put it into cheese. But that's, that's, that's actually, what it is. It's an absolute banger of a cracker. It's a banger of a cheese. Lads, we need to give a shout out to the West Awake Festival. It's on the June Bank Holiday Sunday in Clonulty, Rossmore, GAA grounds in Tipperary. Well, Rossmore. Featuring Papa Zetus, Hudson Taylor and loads more. And the Munster Final will be on the big screen too, so Limerick and Clare fans are more than welcome into tip that day if you're not if you're not lucky enough to have a ticket. Oh, isn't that sad? All the tip fans have to do is watch Limerick play on the big screen. <laughs> he's loving it. Killing you. He's absolutely loving it. That's, in fact, Cahill isn't here today and I wonder if he's gone away just because that's on the cards. <laughs> yeah. uh, somebody else who went away and has come back is our Maria who went away on her Spanish holiday with her family and has come back tanned and beautiful and yeah. having an amazing time. I mean, did you know it's all my new freckles <laughs> I have so many proper Irish tan I know and uh, like the rest of the family are like so tanned really yeah, yeah. they come back looking Spanish and you come back with a few more freckles more freckles yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it looks like they left me at home you know <laughs> so how was it you were away like this was a proper all inclusive family holiday there was you and Johnny and then you've got the two kids what are the ages of the kids again for everyone Mikey is 10 and Rena is 4 okay and I am um, almost eight months pregnant. <laughs> so, how was the flight? First of all, like that's always a challenge with kids. But when you're eight months pregnant with kids, the kids were amazing. I was so I just uh, uncomfortable and ratty. And if this person puts their seat back and I'm sitting here, I can't even open my table tray thing. You know the thing at the front of the seat. Yeah. So if they put it back, I've no chance. So I was the ratty one on the flight. I was like the baby. Uh, well, you, you know me and putting the seat back. Oh, <laughs> the seat. button's there. It's there to be used. Yeah. <laughs> He's determined no matter what to just lie himself as horizontal as possible. No, but actually, funnily, my seat was broken, so it kept going back. Oh. Do you know? And then I had to keep... Oh, and then... So I looked like I was that person. Were you apologising or you just like to no, say No, it was just every now and then I'd hit the button and bring it back <laughs> up again. But it wasn't annoying at all. Um, it was like... On average, feel of 30 degrees. Oh, wow. Every day. So it was a scorchio. Where like, were you again? Salou. Very good for the kids, near, by the way. Near Barcelona, say. is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, very good for the kids. So much to do for the kids. Like, we went to the beach one day, and there were so many jellyfish, I had to stop the kids getting into the water. <laughs> but Rian picked up a jellyfish and threw it back into the sea. <laughs> Did you even get stung or anything? Yeah, stung. Good lad. <laughs> the man is like Iron Man or something. Um, so how was the all-inclusive thing oh when yeah. obviously you're pregnant, so alcohol is not an option? Yeah. Was it a I, different experience? A completely different experience. So I had had my gestational diabetes test because I'm over... To, I'm a, ge- a geriatric... Geriatric. Geriatric mother. Yeah. Because I'm over 35. <laughs> Sorry, that's, so the, was not, that's not something we've nicknamed her. That's an actual <laughs> official that's, thing. Yeah, when, you're, when you hit... The, the minute you hit 35 or yeah. if you're going to have your baby... After your 35th birthday, you're a geriatric mother. Hmm. They don't tend to use that term anymore. Oh, that's good. Can't imagine why all the ratty (laughs) pregnant women (laughs) wanting to kill them. Uh, So I had had that test and I was nervous because if they came back and said, well, actually, you do have Hmm. uh, gestational diabetes, I would have had to really carefully watch what I ate when I was over there. That's what you have to do on that, yeah. Yeah, and because you can't have the alcohol in all-inclusive, I was like, well, the food is going to be what I enjoy then. Yeah. So, thankfully, came back clear, didn't have it, so I was like, okay, I can relax now. Went over, food was pants, lads. Oh, no, the it all was so bad. It was so bad. Now, I'd imagine if you had bevies in your system, <laughs> you'd be like, this food is amazing. But sober, <laughs> for the whole time, the food is pants. So, what kind of food was it like? Uh, do you know what it is? Uh, well, what I suspect it is, 
is that it's Spanish chefs who are brilliant at their job, mm-hmm. but trying to cook for the English and Irish. So they're trying to guess what you want, and then they're cooking your dishes. But they're not cooking them the way that Got you the egg chips. <laughs> egg yeah. chips and beans. Oh, there was like three types of egg every morning, but they just weren't quite... There. Well, you all got are these, are these dairy rashers? <laughs> I only eat dairy rashers. You got lion's Yeah, no. So it wasn't. I I didn't love the food. I have to say. And we tried a couple of different places then. Oh, because right, it's different places around the resort, like yeah. Okay, but that wasn't. Yeah, did wasn't you swim in the there. pool? I I put my feet in the kids' pool once, and then found it really hard to get back up off the ground because I'm obviously so pregnant. I had to like roll around like a beached whale to try and lift myself up off the ground. So I said, I'm never doing now, that again. I've been down that neck of the woods. The One of the most exciting reasons for going is uh, Porta Ventura um, yeah. Amusement World. Park. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there's Porta Ventura World and then there's Ferrari Land. Dermot, Ferrari Land. Can you imagine you with your new F1 love? I never got to Ferrari Land. I don't think, I'm not sure it was there when I was there no, the last maybe time. No, it's, maybe it's newer. Uh, but it was, uh, the roller coasters in Porta Ventura are incredible. Oh, don't talk to me about the roller coasters. I will tell you about the benches. Because <laughs> I obviously couldn't go on any of the rides. All the rides had that like, you know, silhouette of a pregnant woman with yeah. the lines, like lying through <laughs> it, going, no pregnant women allowed. So I had to just wait while everyone else went on all these rides. Oh my God. So I, then I said, you know what? I'm going to make fun for myself. And I tested out all the benches in the park. And I graded bench, them bench on reviews. distance from the bin, shade cover, uh, what's it facing? Oh, and how course. far do I have to walk from dropping them off at the queue for the ride to actually sitting down on the bench. <laughs> and did you find a favourite bench? I found a favourite bench. It's in Ferrari land. Mm. <laughs> it's facing a kid's play zone. And oh, because one of the kids can go shaded. in then. Yeah, but there's like, there's no bins around, so there's no wasps, and it's facing like this lovely tree area. Okay. So, yeah, you can so sit back. Ferrari has got a good bench. Yeah, but we walked, we went to the theme parks two days, and we walked nearly 11k both days. And I swear to God, my feet were like elephant feet. <laughs> Eight they didn't even look like human feet. 30 degree heat. Yeah. And you're walking 11K. And I took pictures of my feet and I was going to put them on my Instagram. And then I thought, you know what? They're too gross. I actually can't do it. <laughs> they were so massive. They were too gross. And like, couldn't rub in my sun cream. So I had to just keep spraying it on my feet and hope for the best. My like, couldn't paint my toenails properly. So they were all in bits. So, yeah, I, do you know what? I probably wouldn't recommend a heavily pregnant holiday. I was joking <laughs> when I suggested this might have been Ultimate Hell Week, but I'm not saying <laughs> any positives. Yeah. The food was terrible. You, you didn't want to go in the pool. You were sweating in theme parks for 11 kilometres look, a day. Look, I tried everything. I tried everything so I could come back and tell everybody. Well, you're listening I'm to... I'm like Captain Thomas, only like yeah. probably about 10 times the size of her. Oh, <laughs> uh, your poor feet. My poor feet. Should we call you Stumpy now? <laughs> yeah, or Elephant Feet, or... You're a brave feet. man. Maria is back after her holidays, um, and it wasn't exactly the most joyous holiday Maria's ever had. <laughs> Eight months lovely. pregnant, 30 degree heat, wandering around the Port Ventura amusement parks and everything else for 11 kilometres at a time. I, I just, I think you, when you have small kids, you just have to assume, and because we always forget every year, Family holidays are exhausting. Yeah. Yes. They're just, they're not for you. You know, you <laughs> might get to, to sit down on a bench every now and again. Yeah. But ultimately, you're working to, doing things to timetables you would never do at home. Yeah. Um, you have to worry about everybody and everybody's stuff constantly. And cream. Yeah. And the, the heat, the, the, the reason the Spanish go for siestas is because between 12 and 3, 
it's too hot to be yeah. outside and every Irish family's like let's go to the park at 12.15 <laughs> we're all like oh this is a terrible idea you can't get your act together in the morning so you end up arriving at the beach at the hottest part of the day yeah. and everywhere else you're going they're and then leaving everyone else yeah they're always walking away as you're arriving with God, far too much stuff parking is great here yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is weird there's loads of space uh, Maria you're not alone in this Nessa's on the phone morning Nessa Morning, how, how are, are you? you? How are you feeling? Maria's here, she's 30 weeks pregnant, or she's 8 months pregnant. How are you getting on? I'm fine, I'm 34 weeks pregnant. 34 uh, weeks, On my yeah. third, and I can sympathise. I also have club feet, as my boyfriend likes to say. Does he? Um, <laughs> two club feet. Um, totally swollen. Um, I'm actually on my way to Beaumont, actually, at the moment. I have to get an ultrasound on my legs, but that's not the funny part. But oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've I heard of women get that, day. yeah. Yeah, that they get so swollen that they're like, actually, we're a little bit worried now. All right, to get an ultrasound to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, but I'm sure and everything's fine. Well, your, your boyfriend doesn't seem to have much sympathy for you. No, I, he has no, no sympathy for me, no. Does he also call your feet lumps of ham? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's not a bad description of what they look like, is it? They look like those yeah, little vacuum-packed, sealed lumps of ham <laughs> in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Well, Nessa, we hope everything goes great in Beaumont and everything goes well with uh, oh, the impending you. arrival. Fair yeah, play to you. Best of luck. Thank you. See ya. Thanks so much. Bye, Bye. Bye Nessa. Lorraine Bye, says, Nessa. oh my God. That poor pregnant woman. That would be Maria. <laughs> I can only imagine what it feels like to be eight months pregnant. Uh, two premature babies, 31 and 32 weeks. Wow. Put your feet up and stop going on holiday. I know. Well, it got to the last day and Johnny wanted to do everything again. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. I can't. And Rean had run out of clean clothes. So I used that as an excuse to stay in the apartment and let <laughs> Johnny and Mikey go on their travels. Well, Aiden says, my partner's due the same time as you, Maria. We went to Gran Canaria. Best holiday ever. Because we couldn't do anything. Only sit beside the bar at the beach. Everything else to do with the pub. So that was all Aiden wanted to do. He was happy. Listen to this from Barry and Killarney. So mm. say, folks, my wife is 17 weeks pregnant. We're not long back from a family holiday to Florida. While we were there, we found a place called Sneak Peak. They take a blood sample and send it to a lab where they check it for male DNA. If male DNA is present in the blood the mother shares with the baby, then the baby will be a boy. If not, it'll be a girl. So we found out we'll be having a baby girl at the end of October. Ah. With two boys already, I'm relieved that we don't have to keep trying for the girl now. <laughs> I never thought of that. Like, obviously, you just rely on the camera and the ultrasound to see if you can mm. see, you know, what would, you know, give you the hint that it might be a boy. But I never thought about a DNA oh, they, test. Are, they always, yeah, you always hear stories of people that are like, I was told I was having a girl and I had all these... Yeah. In the spot, and then it was a boy. It's kind of a weird thing to do on your holidays, isn't it? Like, <laughs> usually you go for a pizza, so. or I don't know, get a jet ski, but actually go and get the sex of your baby? <laughs> Come on, guys! But why didn't they go full whack and go, do you know what, we're going to do that, and then we're going to do like an American-style gender reveal party. That's what I would have Oh, do the balloons with Just the powder all the people that are around, you don't even know them. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you've seen an episode of RTE's Special Forces Ultimate Hell Week, then you've probably asked yourself, why do these people do this to themselves? <laughs> or you might have said, you know what, I can do that, as you dip your chocolate biscuit into your tea. Well, to try and find out what it's really like, and if it's as bad as it looks on the telly, we're joined by one of this season's recruits, a.k.a. number two, Mr. Carl Swan from Hoth in Dublin. Hey, Carl. Good to be with you. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Listen, we're dying to get you in. Um, now, full disclosure, I know you because sure. we're neighbours and we've known each other a good few years. Um, uh, but about 18 months ago, uh, I, I like a good trail run. 
and you're always a fit guy, and I passed you uh, running the other direction one day. Oh, I thought you overtook him because yeah. you're so fit. Uh, <laughs> no chance. No, I was running down the hill. Okay. Carl was coming up the cliff, and uh, you had a rucksack full of sand. And I thought, yeah. I said, what is, is that sand falling out of your bag? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, what are you doing that for? And you were like, ah, just, you know, testing myself. I, I went home told Karina, I was like, I just met Carl running with a bag of sand. He's, he's lost it. He's lost the plot. <laughs> what I didn't know is that you were training for Ultimate Hell Week, but you couldn't tell anyone. I'm a terrible person. I was lying to people for months. <laughs> <laughs> that I was rehabbing a hip injury. Um, yeah. Running with 30 kilos of sand in my backpack. Yeah, that, that what did sound like a really terrible excuse. I mean, how could you rehab a, a hip injury with <laughs> loads a of really your heavy back. load? So when you signed up for this show, sure. okay, back whenever this was, A, what's that process like? Is there kind of an X Factor style audition thing or do you just like send in a video? How do you apply for it? So you fill out an application online. Mm. Um, they have a disclaimer at the bottom of that application to say we're going to get thousands of applications, guys, so please don't expect a reply. So I filled mine, and it's quite a uh, comprehensive, detailed uh, questionnaire okay. about yourself. Um, sent it away, didn't think I'd hear anything back. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, got an email to say, would you be available for a, a phone call? So I was. Um, we had a good chat. And, um, you know, 45 minutes, much about the same stuff as was on the questionnaire. Um, great. Thanks for that, Carl. You know, we're interviewing a lot of people, so please don't yeah. expect a call back. Sure. Um, again, a couple of weeks go by, another call, another question, um, an answer session. Um, and then a few weeks later, okay, Carl, uh, we'd like to, you to come along for the fitness test. Oh, okay. Um, and so you do the fitness test. Oh, and what does that entail? Um, a series of events, like a, a fireman's carry, a... Um, a, a, a jump test, um, maximum push-up test. Um, I think what was, was your maximum push-up? Oh, so you've got one minute to do as, as many as you can. Oh. And I we want a number, Carl. 58. Wow. It's a wow. push-up a second. That is impressive. So you're a fit guy. A lot of people are wondering just what your level of fitness was before you began the show. Sure. So uh, you've done triathlons and... Sure. Did you do an Ironman? Yeah. Um, so you know you're you are you have <laughs> he can't catch just says yeah I did an Iron Man what's the big deal yeah. it's only the, one of the most grueling things you can ever do as a human yeah. I've yeah. seen Iron Man <laughs> <laughs> great film uh, so you know you are quite a fit guy I know you do lots of you know cold water sea swimming so you would have had a lot of the elements they were looking for already I, I would have had in terms the basics. Of fitness. In terms of fitness. Yeah. I mean, fitness is, is really just the basics of what they're looking yeah. for. I did laugh at episode one where there was, uh, I shouldn't be laughing, but there was one guy, you're, when you got off the boat, you had to pick up one of your colleagues and carry them up the hill a little bit. And one guy lifted somebody up and then he just quit the show straight away. <laughs> yeah, he did remember that. Sure, but what you don't realise at that point is... Yeah is the months and months of pressure that you've been feeling to get to that point. Mm. The fear that you've felt in the build-up to, to reaching that moment. And then you get off the bus and your your veins are already coursing with absolute terror. And then you're met with, you know, smoke bombs, alsatians, men screaming in your face, and, you know, these 
horrible exerting tasks and there's always people who laugh when faced with the the shouting and the thing because it <laughs> kind of seems like theater and i always think that would be me you i would w- be in so laugh. much trouble because like i laugh at you know funerals yeah. anything serious <laughs> you know if i hold into the boss's office i start smiling <laughs> um i've always been like that so i i would be definitely getting a you ds boot know. up the backside you don't know how you're going to react yeah. when, you're, when you're faced with that situation and, and what we see on telly carl okay so the intimidation you just spoke of there's smoke bombs, the alsatians, the shouting, whatever. Like, there's a perception amongst us as viewers that, yeah, 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 that's all there. But then the, the guys go, okay, cut, guys, we're going to reset. And everyone goes, do you want a cup of tea, Carl? And we put one of these back. There's none of that, is there? The fear never lets up. Every second that you're in there, you're in absolute terror. Mm. And I, I mean, the, I, the only moment that I felt that release of pressure, that release of terror mm. while I was in there while I was doing that claustrophobic test. You remember we had to oh, climb God, through yeah. that, that tube, that yeah. pipeline. So you had to climb which, through a pipe uh, at night and you couldn't see how to get out and you just had to kind of feel your way out sure. like a rat. So the pipe, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is the same circumference as a basketball hoop. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, so you've got, to, you've got to navigate your way through this pipe, down through a, a, a well section, and it changes direction and back out the other side in complete darkness. But I'm not claustrophobic. I don't really suffer with confined spaces. So that was the only moment while I was on the show through the five days that my blood pressure came down a bit because I realized they can't touch me in here. Nobody can come in screaming. Nobody can drag me out and force me into, you know, pressure holes and, you know, call me names. Whereas I'd be going, nobody can get to me in here. I'm going to definitely get stuck. My hips are too wide. We're very different people, Carl, you and I. Um, so is there anything on the show where that we didn't see that you think, you know, that was really bad, but you actually never got to see that? Oh, there's there's so much stuff, and there's so much funny stuff too that um, that goes on behind the scenes because mm. the DSs they've got such incredible wit, yeah, such sharp wit, and like if you're not in Hell Week, they would be laugh out loud moments, and it's just such a shame that there's there's both funny bits and you know god awful bits that just don't make it. To yeah, God. and do they do that thing with you where they put the hood over your head and drag you into the room? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't get an interview in front of the DSs. I got mm. a, a, an interview in front of, of production staff. So they they still put the hood over your head just yeah. to just to give you the even though the you're talking experience. to Gemma from the production company. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hi Carl, just wondering how everything's going. Oh, why have you got a hood on me? <laughs> well, that's exactly it. So it's not until they take the hood off that you realise, mm. oh. I'm with the nice guys. Well, look, you exited the show last week, and that's why you're able to talk about it, of course. Um, it was a painful moment, because I know how much you wanted this, and people could tell, looking at the screen, how much you wanted this. And you looked fit as well, because of your sandbag training. You looked like you could handle that incredible 21k hike that nearly killed everybody. But unfortunately... You took a wrong turn. You missed a post. Thanks, you took sir. a wrong turn. <laughs> and this is the moment, unfortunately, that Ray Goggins had to come, the DS, and ask you for your armband to leave the show. Having realised his mistake, number two, Carl Swan is trying to make his way back to the farmyard. Two. Stop. Look at me, right? You're way outside of time, okay? You're, all you're doing is killing yourself. Okay, look at me. Great effort, all right? I'm going to have to take your badge, all right? Okay? Relax there now. Just give me your armband to get your warm kit on you. Just take off your band to give it to me. Will you take it, please? 
No, I want you. You have the honour to hand it to me. It's your band. There's no honour in that. There is loads of honours. Just take it off and give it to me. Yeah. Will I take it off you then? Please, please. Here, hand look. Look at me. No shame in it. Okay. There's none. You're flying. Okay, you're a good fellow. You know you are. Right? Low as a calibre. You're tough. All the stuff we're looking for you have in spades. Okay? How's it feel now, Carl? Reliving that? I'm sure you. I'm sure you watched it on the telly, and now you're hearing it again on the radio. I think you guys are trying to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was so tough for you. Yeah. Though, what was it? going through your head there? Um, okay, so I had a bit of time to think about this before I met Ray because you um, were lost on the road. Because I was lost. Um, How long were you r- lost? N- no idea, but it could have it could have been an hour. Okay. I don't know. I. I mean, I thought I was. In so much trouble. <laughs> that was my, my one fear. But I knew I was off the show. Um, I thought they'd have search parties out for me. And um, and so then when I did meet the the, the, the main road again, and I was out in the, the, the wilds, um, I, one of the DSs was obviously out looking for me, and he stopped and he, he found me, and he told me to... I'd already covered the distance, and I, and I had enough time, mm. but I just needed to really haul ass back to, to, to the farmyard. Um, and so... Thing about it is when you're when you're running up you know the side of a mountain for for twenty one k with you know thirty kilos of kid on your back you're you, you're not running in the red you're running in the orange zone you know because you're on low food low sleep so you need to be able to preserve your energy so you know for the whole duration of that march to that point I was I was running in low orange zone um, but then when I got that instruction that I needed to haul ass back to the farmyard. I was I was at the top of the red zone. Mm. Um, I was pushing as hard as I could, and with that, your emotional state is obviously just becoming depleted as well. And that march or that run back to to the farmyard lasted much longer than I thought it was. It was it was a few kilometers. I couldn't tell you how long. And I took a few more wrong turns and made it even longer for myself. <laughs> oh, um, but so I was I was physically and emotionally yeah. broken. Well, by people the talk about going to dark places in their minds when when they're that broken down. Did that happen to you? So. That should have been my strongest event because mm. of the training that I'd felt I'd done mm. and living in the foothills of Hoth, you know, you've got that, that playground in your backyard. So there was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to fail that task. I was always going to complete that task. Mm. I was going to blitz that task. Um, and I didn't get into a dark place. And, and maybe that's why it felt so exaggerated then when, that, that I went so suddenly from being in such a positive, strong-minded, you know, good mm. place to the worst place that I could possibly imagine. Yeah. So when he asked for your your armband, then you were you were broken. I do, you, was, do you even remember it? Like I, I've tried to block it out, but yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, it, it just won't go. And so after the show, you you felt like you you had let yourself down, but actually over time now you've you've changed that because obviously anyone watching the TV show thinks, oh my god, like well done, what an incredible achievement to even get that far. Oh, I was I was beyond gutted i was at the lowest of low yeah i was uh, i was really low in myself mm. um you know and and i suppose one of the reasons why i went on the show was um well actually do you know what hold that thought because sure. we're getting tons of questions yeah. in we want to get to the questions whatever is what i say when somebody suggests dave would you go on ultimate hell week <laughs> whatever absolutely no chance it's not built for people like me at all but carl swan our guest aka number two if you've been watching uh, this season of Special Forces Ultimate Hell Week uh, has stuck around to answer some of your questions Carl thank you for doing that sure. uh, okay we'll fire them at you so does it have a bad effect on your mental health after the show hell yes 
Does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends, I'm sure, on the result that you get out. Mm, yeah. Um, but for me, I wasn't in a great place when I came out because of, of how I felt I performed in that last event. I, uh, I obviously had high expectations of myself and uh, mm. I felt I let myself down and badly. But that's changed over time since you watched the show. Absolutely. You appreciate Absolutely. what you've done. Do you have any downtime, Carl? Are you constantly told what to do, time to eat? Do you even get showers or just a dip in that freezing cold well? Uh, five days, one shower, brush my teeth twice. You don't get time for diddly. Don't get time for anything. Right. Uh, who's the funniest DS? I presume DS stands for drill sergeant, is it? Directing staff. Directing staff. Sorry, no, okay. Damn, I thought it was drill sergeant too. It's uh, close call. I might, um, I would say Jer might just give um, Pip uh, um, Ray at the post on that one. Jer, is he the guy with the white beard? No, he's no, the tall the guy with shaved head. Baldy head. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah big, uh, tough. Carl, guys. would you do the job of a DS? They say for 50 grand a year. Not that that's what those guys get paid, but Kate wants to know, would you Would you consider being a DS? Not for all the money in Not the world. Not for all the money in the world. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you get, sorry to, you get to treat other people with disdain and shout at them and blow whistles <laughs> and throw stone grenades into the no, room. Not good effort. Um, how did you prepare for the show? Evan in Dublin wants to know. Well, obviously, you, you, we talked about some of your physical training and you've, you've done Ironman and triathlons and all that stuff before. Um, could you prepare mentally for the show? Oh, okay, Evan in Dublin. That's a good one because, um, like for me, this is kind of a, a semi-long journey in that um, I came from a sort of a, a, a place where I wasn't very happy with myself. I, you know, business, family business ended, um, marriage ended, and I had really low feelings of self-worth and self-love and self-value and all that kind of good stuff. And um, and so I know I knew I needed to put myself right. And um, paraphrasing uh, Einstein, I think he said something like, "You can't solve a problem at the level at which it was created." Um, and that kind of means that if you think a certain way about yourself, mm. uh, you can't solve it with thoughts. So I kind of needed to take an alternative route and that was exercise for me. Yeah. And only through exercise then did I start to feel the dopamine rush and the uh, endorphins and, and the feel good factor that comes with those. And then I started to join clubs, surround myself with positive people, um, podcasts, read books, um, and and so the, the feelings that I had about myself, the positivity came back and, and grew and grew and grew. And was I realized, that, sorry to interrupt, but was that one of the reasons then why you would have put yourself forward for this kind of show? Well, exactly. So I realized that the more that I pushed myself and the harder the challenge that I took on, the better I felt, gotcha. the more accomplishment I felt in myself. Yeah, it but was, wasn't it interesting, though, that when it didn't work out for you, you you slid backwards in your thinking again? Big time, yeah. So, so you, I mean, you learned a more you, valuable lesson then? Well, sure, yeah. So I think you, you maybe learn how to control the black dog um, and, and maybe get him to, to, to live outside. But mm. every once in a while, you know, he's he creeps up and he can, he can sneak back mm. inside. We've seen all the challenges that you've done so far. Obviously, the final episode still to come. What is the what is the toughest one? What one would you just hate to have to relive again? Do you know that the, the the challenges aren't really the, the hardest part? All oh, right, it's it's the it's the mental fatigue, it's the fear. I mean, your fear index is dialed up to eleven the whole, the whole time, time, yeah, and it's trying to live with that and control that every second that you're in there. You want to take off the armband. Mm. There's no point that you say, actually, you know what, I'm grown into So the physical kind of toughness of like crawling through mud or lifting a big thing, whatever, that's all secondary to, as you said, this underlying kind of low level radiation of fear. The, 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 the times when I felt most likely to hand in my armband were not during the tasks. Gotcha. You've trained for those. You know you've mm. got those. Once the task starts, you, you say, bring it on. Yeah. Your brother was in the SAS. Sure was. What did he think of you doing it? Was he like, you're mad? Oh, he loves it. He loves it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like a super fan of the show. 
uh, particularly the Irish one, far more so than the um, mm. the English version. He thinks the Irish one is far truer to reality and, and far grittier than the yeah. English one. So is there is he have mutual respect there now between you? Like, I is, hope is, he, I may yeah. applaud a little bit. <laughs> uh, very quickly, Andrew says, ask Carl is number 20, Ellen, the toughest woman he ever met. Um, I think maybe the toughest person I've ever met. Really? Yeah, she's unreal. Um, she is a, she's a beast, uh, mentally and physically. Right. Um, you know, guys have, it, people asked, you know, do the women carry the same weight? Mm. Do they do the same task? Do they do this? Yeah, I mean, you, you just need to see the toughest event in Hell Week, and she's beaten everybody with the same weight as the men. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, maybe the final question could be what advice would Carl give himself in hindsight? <laughs> Bring a compass? Bring a compass. <laughs> uh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you know what? Just accept whatever comes and, and just be kind to yourself. Um, you know, speak to yourself like you would a friend. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be said for that. There Good is. Advice. Great life advice. Where can people find you on social media if they want to pop you a question or give you a thumbs up? Or <clears throat> Yeah, well, so um, I am actually uh, in the rag trade by day. So uh, they can clo- find me on Swan Factory Sales online. And uh, my personal Instagram, if they wish to tune in and see what I'm all about, is carlswan underscore dot ie. Okay, Carl Swan, thank you so much for joining us and revealing all of that about Ultimate Hell Week, the final episode of Special Special Forces Ultimate Hell Week on RTE tomorrow. Hello, John. How are you doing? (laughs) Sure, look at Isn't that it? John, you just won a bright yellow German day. Today, if I'm Asher, look at Isn't that a t shirt? Excellent. And is it true you're hiding in a ditch? I'm out for a walk and they couldn't hear me, so I have to try and hide in under in under a ditch. Yeah, <laughs> it is the most Irish bit of text I'm looking at. It says, "Standing in a ditch to get out of the wind." That is a, one of our great Irish pastimes. <laughs> so come here. Where in Roscommon are you? I'm in Boyle County, Roscommon. Boyle County, Roscommon. Okay, well the T-shirt's gone out your direction. Let's see if we can send you a check with it as well. Four hundred and fifty yeah, euro CCC. Cows can't canter. Cows can't canter. Jerry Cinnamon's oh, forgotten song. <laughs> cows can't canter. Um, cows can't, can they not, I wonder? I've, I've never seen a cow gallop, that's for sure. But I, I think can a cow can canter? canter? I've seen them run uh, sort of gently across a field. Is that a canter or is that a jog? I'm not sure if it's a canter, I don't know. That's what I, was just, I was debating whether canter canter. So. <laughs> like John, you're obviously not a bovine specialist then. No, not really. No, no. Much, much the same as myself, to be honest. I just like to eat them. Yes. <laughs> Cows can't canter, John. We send you the t-shirt, but not the money. Okay, thanks very much. All right, have a good one. Get out of the wind. Bye, See ya. Bye. Get bye, out bye, of bye, the bye, ditch. Bye. Uh, Chris McCarthy's in Cork. Hello, Chris. How do I? How are you doing? Chris, I hope your guess is Chris McCarthy Cork. CCC. There's no M in that, so I don't think so. Yeah, see, you know the rules yeah, better than I do. clever. <laughs> uh, what's going on with you, Chris? Uh, not much, no. Just uh, out working, delivering the post. Delivering the post. Good man yourself. Uh, Are you in shorts? No, I'm not in shorts. Not no. a good day for shorts. Ah, yeah, but sure. Postmen, we tend to hear the postmen and women around the country just get into the shorts around February and stick with it. Yeah, there's a few lads. I don't think they know Prince or thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it a good job? Do you like it? That's all right, yeah. What's the What's the best part and the worst part of being a postman? Jeez, uh, I don't know. The best part is just driving around and listening to the two E. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. That's great. And the worst? Uh, Dogs. Listening to the two E. 
It's Dave's world, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Chris, yes. Although butter me up won't win you the money necessarily. You've got to see if you've got the right answer. Uh, right, 450 quid, CCC, what do you think? Uh, children catch cooties. Children catch cooties. God, one of mine caught cooties like a tummy bug. I know there's lots of it going around the country, but oh god, the stress, the pain, the not going to school, the everything. It's not right, Chris. Ah, uh, that's Sorry. Right. Have a Cheers, good day, mate. doing the best and worst thing you can do. Listen to Dermot and Dave. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Limerick now will find Helen Hayes there. Hiya, Helen. Hi, Dave. How are you? Very good. And yourself? I'm good. You're making brown bread. I'm making brown bread. What's your recipe, real quick? Um, it's actually a Kevin Dunder recipe. Oh, yeah. If anyone wants to that up, it's one porridge and buttermilk and all that. Porridge and buttermilk, yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Does your gas yeah. smell amazing? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Do you have a crisp white tea towel to wrap the bread in? No, no, it's not one of those kind of breads. Oh, it's not one of those? No, no, this is one you make in a loaf tin and stuff like that. I know, but when do you not take it out of the tin and then wrap no. it in a tea towel? And, and no, 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 no. That's if you have like one of the crusted ones. Well, Helen, I said wrap it in a tea towel. <laughs> I'm not sure what part of this conversation you're not getting. <laughs> I want you to make bread the way I think it should be made. Okay, I wrap it in a tea towel. I send you a picture. <laughs> yeah, and you do. have to put the bread when it's wrapped in the tea towel onto like uh, a little a wire rack. Exactly. A wire rack, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then as I'm coming in the door, fan the smell of the bread towards me with the tea towel. That's what it's there for. <laughs> and the bread will fly out of it onto the floor. The I will eat it. Perfect. <laughs> LNA's CCC, 450 euro. What do you think? Um, clouds can change. Clouds can change. Yes, yeah. well, we very famously on this show have a man who <laughs> uses his psychic kinetic energy balls to change clouds from round shapes to squeer shaped clues. <laughs> So, was that in your thinking, Ellen, or do you not know what we're talking about? I didn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Clued become a squeer shape, Clued. Sorry, we're going to have to play him again. Okay, He's I'll in there him, somewhere. I'll find him. I'll find him. Clued. Is it, you know the internet has, you know, is full of crazies, and this guy thinks he can change the shape of clouds with his psychic powers. Yeah, by um, the way, he can't. Reason, he just says, he, he puts out this weird voice when he's being psychic. Um, okay. Like, not ironically at all. Uh, but the videos last for hours as he just keeps saying, Clued, become a squeeze shape, Clued. And I've got him. don't do anything. I've got him. Cloud guy. Okay, here he goes. Clued, become a squeeze shape, Clued. Well, you told me you were a mess. Clued, become a squeeze shape, Clued. And like he goes into like detail about how he's using like and this is uh, this is a direct quote. I'm using my psychic kinetic energy balls. I'm sending my energy balls into the clues. Like what are you talking about? Oh god. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yes. I've got to have him just ready to go at every. He's coming up a lot these days. I don't know why. Anyway, Helen, clouds can change is uh, is true. But it's not what we're looking for. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, guys. Back to the bread making. <laughs> See you, Helen. Bye. Back to the brune bread. Brune bread. Put it in the tea towel. Uh, Lisa says, lads, you clearly haven't had to stand in a gap if you've never seen a cow gallop. All right, you stand in a gap so the cow won't run over you, I suppose. But then Lisa's saying cows do gallop. What do you mean, stand in a gap? A gap of what? A gap of like a hedge or something. To get out of the way of the cow. 
Get into a gap. Yeah, get into a gap out of the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. Well, a gap has to be between two things. Uh, what, are, what is it between? You two can't cows? just have a floating gap. <laughs> the other day, says another text, I saw a herd of cows cantering across a field, chasing after what I thought was a cat, but then I saw it was a fox. They were sprinting after it, and he was sprinting away, says El and Athboy. So you go sprinting cows we now have. Well, maybe I see the... The fox would steal the cow's eggs. Well, that's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You get into yeah. the cow coop. You don't know. You're not from the country. No, I wouldn't have a clue about it. No. He goes havoc, though. We were talking about uh, standing in the gap there. We got a message from Blonnet who says, I had to get special training when I married a farmer. It's a precise science. Standing in the gap is a very, very important job. Yeah, we're being kind of schooled by everybody about standing in the gap. Tara was on to us telling us about cows running as well. Hey, Dermot Dave. Yeah, cows do run. They ran straight up over my car, put one of their hooves into the front windscreen um, while we were following behind. It was great fun trying to explain that to the <laughs> insurance companies. Um, but yes, they do. This tower here. And also, standing in this gap is to make sure that the cows don't go into that gap, as in a front lawn or down a wrong road. Uh, it's a country expression, standing in the gap. Alright, bye. Okay, so standing in the gap then prevents the cows going where they shouldn't go. But can I just say, mm. how the hell is Tara telling story about when cows ran over the front of her car and put their hooves through the windscreen in a completely nonchalant <laughs> manner? What the <laughs> hell? That's so terrifying. I can't imagine Maybe it. it's a way of falling asleep. You just count the cows running <laughs> over your car. Francis is onto us as well. Here's something for you, lads. You can actually make cows chasey by running at them and barking like a dog. So you run at them barking like a dog and then you run away and then you run back at them and then you run away and you run back at them barking like a dog and you run away and eventually the cows will just get fed up and they'll just start chasing you around the field. Ah, the things you used to do when you were young fella in the country looking for a bit of crack. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine it's an advisable thing to do to run at a herd of cows barking like no, a dog. they're big animals and they can cause severe injuries. Yeah, so let's not maybe, do any of maybe that. Maybe don't try that. But thank you to everybody for filling in the uh, two city boys on what standing in the gap is all about. Jeremy, you'll be delighted to know that your brown bread... Mm. That was being made during Asher Look at Isn't yeah. That It has now, by Helen, has now been wrapped in a white towel. Although it does look a little bit like a hand, like a bath hand towel. <laughs> it's right. wrapped in a white towel. Okay, is it on, on, the, on, the, on the wire yeah, rack? The wire rack is there. Excellent. So fingers crossed now you'll get yeah. everything you ever wanted. Now just go up and put some thatch on your roof. <laughs> Actually, I was reading one of the, kind of a sad article that. They're the thatched cottages, which is like one of the symbols of Ireland, mm. you know, it's the one they, we always put on tourist ads and yeah. postcards, all that kind of stuff. They're actually under threat because they're really hard to insure. So insurance companies are like, of course, your fire. house is a massive fire yeah, hazard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so people are having to get rid of the thatch. But actually, I think it's part of our, our so culture so and our personality and our image and... I think tourists want to see thatched cottages when they get here. It's really hard to put the uh, solar panels uh, for the uh, <laughs> the water up on the thatch as well. Like so, like, they make the reasons. thatch out of carbon fiber or something. It just looks like that. Or, but uh, yeah, so I think the, the thatched cottage sad. owners are looking to the government for a bit of a bit of help a bit and support, of cultural protection. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you should be getting should be getting actually mo- money to to do that to kind of re- revive those old and ways keep them that way yeah yeah. maybe if you live in a thatched cottage is it a total pain in the hole or do you like it uh, 87 4100 right let's do this seize the music seize the 
We love it. He thinks it's a total pain in the hole. It is say stuff that suits the music. Where Dermot Whedon's going to say stuff off the top of his head. He thinks suit pieces of music that I will play from. He's never heard before. You ready to go? Say stuff that suits the music is harder than thatching a roof. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Join accordion star Sharon Shannon for a very special festival this summer in Clonmel. It's the Artists That Begin With S Festival. Sharon Shannon. Sting. Susan Boyle. Fergal Sharkey. And Slipknot. See you soon. And welcome to the great big Modern Ireland Quiz. Tom and Nula, let's see what you're playing for. It's this fabulous three-bed, semi-detached home in County Dublin. Um, but that, that, that's our home. We, we, we already own that. I'm sorry the bank foreclosed on it at three o'clock today, but you can win it back if you answer this simple question. Who was the 13th president of Nigeria? And now we're very lucky to have uh, Father O'Reilly from the neighbouring parish to do the first reading. Father? Let me see your hands in the agony, oh, oh, letter from St. Paul to the Corinthians, Woo! got any Corinthian fans in the house, let me hear you, oh, oh, oh. Very interesting, Father. Welcome to this momentous occasion as we celebrate Ireland's only working taxi man. Everyone else has left the business due to COVID and rising fuel costs. So here's Tim from Finglas in his Toyota Avensis taking this lucky family to the airport. Oh no, sorry, I'm off the clock now. Going to the pub to watch the match. All right, see you later. Brian Kennedy is back with a new album all about ghosts. Oh, I saw one the top of the stairs. He was looking down. He was the body of a child with the face of an old man. And he was pointing, saying, Brian, Brian, put the message in the box, Brian. Oh... Summer, get out and discover Ireland. Take a horse for a gallop down the beaches of County Clare. Hey, hey, you and the horse. No horses out here, no dogs after 11 a.m. Abseil down the ruggedest cliffs. Lads, you've no insurance for that. Stop it now. Ireland, it's actually quite hard to have crack. Lads, you can think again if you think you're fishing here without a permit. Wait, you know. Marty and Galway wants to know, he says, Dermot and Dave, Al-Haji Umaru Yar Adwa is Nigeria's 13th president. Do I win the house, lads? 
<laughs> yes, you've won your own house. Joe and Kilkenny's doing the same thing. Uh, lads, weird snorting noises and stuff coming out of my face because of Brian Kennedy's new song. Uh, and that, geez, lads, that was hilarious. It's Josie. JC is loving it. Peter is loving it. Uh, Jesus, lads, oh my good God, is one text. Love the priest from the neighbouring parish. He'd have mass packed every Sunday, says Brida. Uh, so Brida is enjoying it as well. If you li- want to listen back to Say Stuff That Suits the Music or share it with any of your friends, you can do that. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll find the Dermot and Dave Show podcast. Uh, nobody, well, we're looking for somebody in a thatched cottage, but they can't take our Well, call. actually, Maria, you would absolutely hate a thatched house because Albert has been on. He says, living in a thatched eight years now and love it. Great insulation and character, but lots of spiders and ah. bugs live in it. Oh. So you wouldn't want to be squeamish. And what, like, why, why would it only be those houses? Because the roof is made of thatch, so the bugs live in the thatch. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah it's Gross. nice and cosy for them. Nope. No, no, thanks. Maria's not happy with that at all. I'll stay in the hotel. She'd be the one burning it down. Uh, currently staying in a thatch cottage in Renville, Connemara, for a strategy retreat, and it's so cosy. It'd be such a pity to lose these gorgeous houses. There are so many here, says Ashling and Galway. Yeah, surely there'd be like, you know, designated areas in the country where they go, there are lots of thatch cottages here. This is a protected area, and they can get insurance at a cheap rate or whatever. Why would like. you put them all in the same place? They no, should no, be dotted no, around them. the They're country. There already. No, minute. Minister, hear me out. Let me be very now, clear now. I, when I was in opposition, I said the same. No, I just think if they're there already, protect them, as opposed to building new ones, if you know what I mean. Why can't we have new Tash colleges? They're cool. Well, they're hard to insure. Well, they do I'm trying to strike good. a happy medium here. Why don't we have blocks of flats with Listen, will I represent the origin in Insurance <laughs> Federation? <laughs> no, hear me out on this now. Really ugly flats, yeah. but then put a thatched roof on them. Right. You or know maybe those, uh, and those... Like uh, awful houses that were, you know, built in the in the late eighties and early nineties, and you know if you leaned against them, they'd fall over. <laughs> you just put a thatched roof on it. All of a sudden, it's protected. Yeah. What about down the IFSC? You got the huge, like, you know, amazing office blocks they build there down the uh, new central I bank. Stop there, Dave. Now what is it? Three Arena. Thatched the Three <laughs> Arena. It's the hashtag for today. Dave's world. Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. First things first. Record scratch. <laughs> <laughs> guys have got all Wait, the sound we do effects. actually have a record scratch yeah, sound effect but it's better if you do it yourself I've yeah. learned over the years um, lads this is important this is the final standings of the Dermot and Dave show team fantasy football that I made everyone on the team join at the start of the season oh, so were- when was the start of the season? Uh, August. Yeah. There's nothing like a fun game of something when you're forced to play. Yeah. <laughs> August 2021, we sat down. We all made our teams. Let me give you a rundown of some of the team names. I chose Varancho FC because we signed Rafael Varan and Jaden Sancho. Portmanteau, oh, anybody? I never got that. Oh, Varancho, yeah. yeah. Nobody cares. Uh, Dermot <laughs> went with Noni's Heroes. Emer went with Labrador United. Yep. Maria went with I Shouldn't Be Here, all in one word. And <laughs> Carl Minogue, who's not here today, went with Woohoo, Tipaboo. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's so predictable. Dermot kind of adopted the strategy of I'm going to put some players in on the first day and then I'm never going to touch it again. Never. Which resulted in him having. Multiple felons on his <laughs> yeah. team. Yes, several. Sorry, I, none of them have been. Have they been convicted well, of anything? No, oh, maybe one yesterday. Anyway. Maybe one. Yeah. Some people on Dermot's team may have ended up in jail. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just say that much. I right. can pick him. Um, so uh, I, I'll tell you, we, we need a countdown. Okay, so we need to change. <laughs> I mean, record scratch. <laughs> in at number five. Oh God, I missed top of the pops with a points total of. 1,473 and just to give you some context the winning guy who won it is a guy called Jamie Piggott 
he scored 2,844 points. So pretty much half of the winning points is what the person in fifth managed to mm-hmm. score. It's Noni's Heroes, Dermot Whelan in last place. Hey! <laughs> so your theory of not changing your team has not worked. Uh, listen. No, my theory was not not changing my team. My original theory was just doing random selection every week. Right. Isn't there a button you can hit, just com- computer make it mm, go? Yeah, at the very beginning you can. Then after that you do need to pick individuals. Oh yeah, that's why I stopped. Right? When I realized yeah. there was no button, uh, then I just left it. Your end goal was just to beat Dave, wasn't it? Uh, I had a goal <laughs> and then I just I just didn't Lost care interest. I think you deserve a prize because you were consistently fifth yeah <laughs> this whole thing there's no you prize for losing no your place I'm Burnley okay <laughs> in at number four Labrador United Emer Shannon oh I'm not surprised you came for now listen you got 70 points more than Dermot hey so that's good Labrador United well, that's what you, when you have felons on your I team. I like to point out <laughs> that I <laughs> well, we haven't named them, so we're okay. So I went all in and got really into it for about a week and a half, and yeah. then it got complicated, and I couldn't really figure out how it worked, so I forgot about I it. forgot about it. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. <laughs> in at number three, Varancho FC. Oh! Me. Third. I came out of third. five in your own thing. That's what? a disgrace. 1,704. In my day's world... Get league I came 4,000 and something out of I don't know how many people are in there but I'm so terrible at this game anyway as much as I love it I'm terrible at it but ladies and gentlemen that means it boils down to the final two much like Man City and Liverpool last day of the season Ooh. woohoo tip-a-boo <laughs> Colin Minogue versus I shouldn't be here Maria Devereaux playing for an incredible prize a genuine prize mm. that was sent in by an amazing woodworker called James Russell Design who made some chopping boards for the Dermot and Dave show team we made one for Dermot one for me and none for the guys oh but then, were that those lovely ones yes oh, I use mine every day great we're saying thanks now oh I said thanks yeah. at the time don't oh, worry oh I forgot <laughs> but this is a Today FM Dermot and Dave Chopping boards that's it beautifully laid yeah, in, in red. names on it. Gorgeous. One person finished with 1,769 points. One person finished with 1,915 points. Whose head is going on the chopping block? <laughs> Does that mean he came first or second? Second. <laughs> <laughs> on the chopping block <laughs> is Woohoo Tipaboo, which means Maria Devereaux, you yeah. So I will hand over the amazing James Russell designed ah. chopping board. Thanks, James Russell. Thanks for the boards. Amazing. Uh, Maria, you like beat... chop my onions all over the two years. You'd be called by 150 points, you um, beat me by 200 points, and you beat Emer by 400 and Durham by nearly 500 points. You absolutely schooled us. Do you know what? I, at the beginning, didn't know what was going on. Sure. It was taking over my life. I was late for spa appointments. It was terrible. <laughs> and then... Then I started to watch what the leagues were doing. I was asking Johnny, is this, what's happening? Is it a double week this week? Yes, mm. it's a double week. Mm. It means some of your players will play twice to keep them on, blah, blah, blah. So we did get tips from Johnny. You did, but you have to carry he gave out me suggestions the suggestions that I ignored. And I went with my own gut. <laughs> and I think my prize should be, I never want to do that again. <laughs> 
don't ever ask me to join fantasy football again. I was just about to say, it's only about 50 days until the league starts yeah. again. Come on, lads. It's not like The Sims. I thought it was going to be like The Sims. That's why I've wanted to play for so long. I thought it was like a full little computer game that I tend to on occasion. Like, like a, a football Tamagotchi. Yeah, exactly. I check in. <laughs> throw it some food. No, it's not. Clearly, I came fourth out of five. And only because he doesn't care. <laughs> She's got That's a point. Fair. Fair Maria, is. don't lose heart, guys. If you hate fantasy football, Fantasy Formula One. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Come on over. No, it's not happening. I shouldn't be anywhere. Um, I said congratulations the other day to whoever won the Dermot and Dave League, didn't I? I better do that again, just in case I didn't. Um, I have an issue with all these football the Dave's tournaments. World one. Go on. So we at the end of the Premier League last weekend, yes? Yeah, it's finished the now, end yeah. of the Champions League this weekend, yeah. so they ran side by side. Mm-hmm. Who does that? What do you mean? Why, why can't they come one after the other, like Love Island and... Because then they'd never, footballers would never get a break. They have to. The reason uh, they so do what? Do you get paid enough? Yeah, three hundred million a year. I'm sure you get days where you don't have to train. <laughs> well, it's very difficult. We all have to work all every yeah. day. Professional footballers need to train for up to two hours a day, four days a week. Oh, oh my goodness! You are going to just give our bosses notions now about we shouldn't get holidays <laughs> for the we same do. reasons you've just <laughs> said. <laughs> we do three hours a day, five days a week. We work harder than a Premier League footballer. Yeah, and you get your weekends off. Yeah. Hey, shush! Footballers don't. <laughs> no, they don't. But definitely, if it was organized, if all these tournaments are organized by women, they'd go. They'd be way more efficient, yep. way clearer. None of them include people that don't like football. Because how am I supposed to know what's running on what day and what matches are with what league? And it's all a load of rubbish. Well, and from the winner, the person who's walking away well, with that, the trophies, you know, that's that's abusing say, this the my, sport. This is my exception <laughs> speech. Yeah. Right. You're all a bunch of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well done to Donald Hannigan. He is the winner of the Dave's World 21-22 League. Hanners. Uh, Donny's Duds is the name of his team. 82 points he got last week and 2,728. So he wasn't even that far. He was only about 100 off the actual overall winner of the entire oh, wow. thing. And there's like 6 million people playing in this league. Amazing. I'd say he goes into a quiet room when he has to change his team and he doesn't want to be disturbed. Well, <laughs> what we keep learning over and over again is that Dave is terrible at his own game. <laughs> yes. I didn't invent it, I just enjoy it and I enjoy being terrible at it. You lost your own league. I think next season I'll be doing the <laughs> Fancy Football League without you. Yes. To get the joke. Oh, without you. Oh, Maria is a fan of a Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, you've been known to be involved with groups like Mammies Who Drink. It's Maz. Sorry, Maz who drink? Yeah. <laughs> All and other them. such highfalutin groups. <laughs> what ones have you found now? So I'm part of this group called Eden Dairy. That's where I live. All right, so it's just the it's whole very town. Useful group. Yeah, it's the whole town. All right. Yeah. Very useful group if you are, you know, if you've lost something or you found a dog or, you know, like I left my phone in a shop and I used this group and had it back then the next morning. Oh, very good. Uh, so it is, it's very useful, right? But there's been two posts over the last couple of weeks that I noticed. And I'm starting to see a trend here, right? So one post, they're all anonymous, by the way. You don't know. It's the page that posts them. You message the page. Oh, very good. So the first one that I saw was um, looking for a, a professional couple work six days a week, looking for someone to come in and make them six dinners homemade dinners like a week they don't want to cook for each other or themselves no they just want someone else to come in and do it yeah for a fee obviously yeah I hope so so I thought that was well 
you know, you can buy that kind of thing. Do you know? I suppose an in, some kind of in-house chef, I have a thing of like a millionaire like living like that, but they would live in the house and stuff. That, this is just literally come in at dinner time, make dinner, and or then head off. Or make them in your own house and drop them off to us. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> don't gym bunnies do these kind of ordering things exactly. all the time? You can get like your Fit turkey meals. burgers or whatever, yeah. yeah. But you still have to cook them. Or microwave them at least. Like you can't, like it's not as well, though somebody's... you have to microwave these though. Yeah, this you is someone imagine. giving you lasagna. You still have to heat the thing up. Batch cooking. But look... I do mine a couple of times a week. I batch cook. Right. I don't know why they can't do that. But anyway. Does anyone pay you to my do life. it? <laughs> Nobody pays me. <laughs> they pay me an abuse for not liking the dinners. <laughs> um, then the other one that I saw was only yesterday, I think. And it was somebody looking for someone to come into their house and do their ironing. And Just I thought, like, do you know what, actually? Maybe these people have it the right way. And I don't. Well, I, can't you drop your ironing off? Like the person is so lazy that, that they won't even dr- drop it down to the local dry cleaners. Maybe they're very busy. Maybe, Maybe they're very you busy. You have to come to the house and Maybe stand there in front of them. <laughs> and do their ironing. Oh, well, does it say uh, like in an asterisk, uh, must, wear, must wear a maid's outfit and no pants? Is there, is there <laughs> no, anything no, weird no, about no, it? No, 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 it's no, not no. one of those ones. Who are the no. people who iron generally and weekly? Like I understand if you wear suits, shirts and tie to work. I remember when I did... Did that many years ago? You had to iron your shirts on a Sunday night for the week, yeah. or else you drive yourself mental. But like I iron on a strictly need to shirt basis. <laughs> Whereas if I'm go, you know, I have a, a selection of a handful of shirts, and if I'm doing something where I need to wear a shirt, then I will iron it. Yeah. But nothing else gets ironed. Like nothing. Emer, jump onto a microphone there because our Emer is not only an ironer of clothes that may or may not need to be ironed. I, I'm with Dermot. I cannot understand why anybody would ever iron anything. I don't iron ever. But Emer, isn't it true that you iron bed sheets? Yeah. <laughs> it's my mother's fault. She she taught me wrong. She, I iron bed clothes, I iron towels, but I make it an experience. Oh. So I hate ironing. Hate it with a passion. But what I would do is I would let it pile up to an extent and then I'll go, right, tonight's the night. And I'll put something terrible on the telly. Okay. I'll get a nice cup of tea or something stronger sometimes if it's a weekend. Ooh, <laughs> I know, you have to treat yourself. An ironing party. And then a load of sweets and I'll just bash through it and get it done. The only thing I don't iron is fitted sheets because I was was doing them when I initially moved out and I was on the phone to my mom mid-iron and I was stressing about the fitted sheets and she said I'm in my 60s email let me tell you life is too short <laughs> do, you, do you iron tea towels? yeah do you iron jocks? no okay no, no, no. Oh, you Absolutely. draw the line. You line tea towels, but you draw the line <laughs> of yeah, underwear. Things fit in the thing nicer, and there's nothing better than like looking at your crisp little tea towel hanging up, and it's, it's all perfectly ironed. And the same with bed clothes. What is wrong with you people, Maria? <laughs> if you're going to stay in this group, what would you like then? For what would you pay someone to come into your house to do? So for them, it's obviously meals, it's ironing. But yeah, who? What do you windows. want? Windows. 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 Don't think I've washed my windows. No, Johnny's washed them, but I haven't washed my windows since I moved to Eden Dairy. It's a you job can, that you can hate doing, <laughs> but they're so satisfying when, when they're done. You're yeah, like, when there's a streak, it's like, yeah. it ru- ruins your day. So there's that. And then there's, you know, your press is in the kitchen, right? We had a kitchen done in the last year, like sprayed. Mm. I was like, oh, it's all so pristine and it's gorgeous and everything. But when you don't really focus on anything in your kitchen for like a few days or a week or a week and a half, then you go in and you look at the presses and you notice there's food stains all over the presses. You're like, how did that happen? It's filthy kids is what it is. But I don't have, number one, the patience or or the time to be wiping the presses. 
So could somebody just come in and wipe down my presses maybe once, <laughs> twice a week and then wash my windows and then I'll pay it and then gone. It, that would just, be amazing. You're just describing a cleaner. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be brilliant. Yeah, but two very specific there, jobs, If you could just though. do the hoovering clean out the fridge. I would definitely pay somebody uh, quite a large amount of money to just make my bathrooms back the way they were when they first got done yeah. regularly. Because... There's oh. nothing like six people in a house. There, like there's nothing gets filthier oh. than the bathroom. How many bathrooms? Yeah, kids are disgusting. Two bathrooms, two. two bathrooms, four kids, whatever. Sometimes I just want to kick open the door, light a match, throw it in, and just shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> if only anything in there would actually burn. It's, it's all just filthy yeah, tiles, slathered in toothpaste. But like, yeah, we go to the beach a lot. Like we, sw- these kids swim all the time in their wetsuits. Not there's sand always in the bottom of the bath. The chrome taps on the bath and the shower and the sink are always filthy. And then if you wash them yourself, kind of while you're brushing your teeth or whatever, you wash them. If you don't like. You know, get a towel and clean the thing. It just goes, I'm clean. I'm dirty. (laughs) And then the inside of the shower enclosure. Like, I realize, like, it isn't, it isn't a privacy one I bought in the shop. You're actually supposed to be able to see through it. There's no chance. It's a frosted glass. So the rest of the 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 house I could deal with, but if I could, I would pay somebody just to come in, probably only once a week and just go, bathrooms. And like that kind of, you know, that, um, what was that witch on the TV show? Bewitch just go, bing. And we'll just go, oh, thank God. Like you see in the, in the flash ads. Yes, yes. exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cutting yeah. through grime. Like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I would love that. Um, what would you do? Uh, what would you pay somebody for? Just one specific job that you couldn't do or can't do or hate doing. Weeding, anyone? What is the one job in your house that you just cannot face doing and you'd happily pay somebody else to do it. Uh, somebody says when we had baby twins and already had two small children, I used to dream of paying someone to come in every night and wash and sterilize all the baby bottles and pump parts etc etc I remember that I had exactly the same kid scenario. Baby mm. twins and two toddlers and you were just going, oh, I just got to get the feed done and like, look at the sink and go, oh no there's no clean bottles <laughs> half an hour before I'm having ready dishwasher causes so many rows in our house totally. there should be someone who could just come around to your house empty the dishwasher just check in like four times a day four times a day uh, Brian and Kirk says I'd pay somebody to strip and redress my bed I normally need to be attached to an oxygen tank after I attempt it <laughs> I know well duvet covers have sent people into care like those things are so frustrating so frustrating well, Emer's even with sheets. the trick yeah even Emer's fitted sheets weren't getting proper irons they're so terrible but I do you not find that one of the nice things about uh, you know fresh sheets is actually when they're crinkled when you put the crinkled sheet onto the bed it's even crisper <laughs> it's like crinkled <laughs> denim jeans when you put them on <laughs> Emer's making involuntary noises and I'd say Sandra and Clamel is as well hi Sandra Hi there, how are you are guys? You, uh, good. Are you a serial ironer? I am absolutely addicted to ironing. Oh. <laughs> and I, I would almost... You know, sometimes when you you meet somebody and you're looking at them and I'm thinking, oh my God, I didn't iron that T-shirt that they have on the- <laughs> Well, you're, you're looking at him right now, Sandra. I've yeah. never oh. ironed. I don't think I've ever ironed anything. I've never worked in a job that needed a shirt. So oh, I can't I'm remember horrified. ever ironing anything ever in my whole life. 
I know there's lots of people like that. I don't judge people now because I... Ah, you just said, you literally standard. just said you stood there staring at people and judging them. Yeah, and now you're saying you don't judge them. Well, yeah, I just, I do. I Actually, I find it, I was saying to that I find it very therapeutic. It starts with a nice big bundle and there's the steam from the iron and then you're putting, you know, it's putting it away is the problem, I suppose. Or getting the kids to put away their ironing when it's hanging on. I have a, a, ra- a rack, you know, a rail. And oh, when yeah. I iron, I put the clothes there and then they have to take them away from there. For Sandra, let me describe something for you, right? In our house, we we do have an iron. I, I'm sure of that. We, however, do not have an ironing board. So the, the place anything ever gets ironed is on the edge of my wife's art studio desk oh, with a bath God. towel. And you just kind of hope that you don't get oil paints on whatever you're ironing. How do you feel about um, that? Well, I'm just, you know, she's she's lucky she's able to share her <laughs> her little space with you, I suppose. <laughs> I think this and that you're like-minded kindred, because I think that was yes. the problem. If you had two people and one was obsessive about doing something and the other one wasn't, I suppose, that's where the problems would come. Although yeah. I do sometimes fantasize about having a partner who would really like the place to be spick and spam. Then I realize, <laughs> actually, we'd just be divorced because I'm such a filth bag. Yeah, well, I, I hate hoovering now. That would be my... You know, and I'm listening to some of the other things. I mean, changing your duvet, yeah, that would be somewhere on the list as well. Right, so, right, right. You know, I'm not Miss Perfect, I have to say. But uh, I, lately now I find, you know, with the, the kids, they're, they're in Clamalogue and they have those lovely light clothes. And I've actually resisted now trying to iron those and I hang them straight up on the hanger. And then I look every now and again, I think, oh, is that a little bit of a wrinkle there? I thought, let me just give it a quick run. <laughs> is this their school uniforms? Oh, yeah, all the uniforms. Yeah. Honestly, I literally iron socks, underwear, everything socks. from inside out. Do you iron J-cloths? Yes. I'm beginning to think that this isn't about I'm the ironing. This is for your... And I, I think there is probably is something very therapeutic in a, in a yeah. bit of ironing. I certainly, yeah. if, if I'm a little bit stressed... I get. I, I will start to tidy the spaces around me, and it's yeah. as if you're trying to exercise some control on your outer environment so that it will calm your inner environment. Is, is that, that, that the Sturman's wife saying? Sorry, would you get more stress more often, please? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I only tidy my own space. Okay, fair because enough. Because tidying the other people's is a waste of time. I've just been doing it for years. I, I've never changed from from when I was very young. I think you know from when I was at home living with my mom, and then just have always done it so yeah. it just doesn't it's it would be I, I just couldn't put away J cloth or uh, whatever into the you know the basket I'm more worried about the fact that you wash and iron and reuse your J cloths as opposed to what everyone else does which is oh look it's walking across the thing itself I better put it in the bin no oh, I know yeah and face cloths I mean everything gets Everything gets ironed. All right, Sandra, you're a lesson to us all. Fair play to you. Ah, stop. Go on. See you. Bye. Bye. So many texts flying in, so many voice notes coming in about the one job you would happily pay somebody to come to your house and do for you. What about you, Orla? Oh, my God. I wish somebody would come into my house and fold clothes. The amount of washing my children create is crazy. (laughs) My 14-year-old who just turned 14 today, happy birthday, Dylan, uses three towels every day, every shower. What's he drying? I have no idea. (laughs) Three towels per shower. Chris is on as well. The drawer in your kitchen that's like full of absolute scutter. Like you could find it. If anything goes missing, we're like, check the drawer. Like we'd love someone to clean out the drawer and put everything back in the space. There could be like bottle caps from beer. There could be like a letter from school. There could be the car keys. 
That's what I'd like someone to say. <laughs> Absolute scutter. <laughs> Shona is on to us as well, isn't it, this one? I need someone to come in and clean out my cat litter boxes because I hate the job. If I could just get somebody to do that, life would be good. Life would be good. That's the thing. That's the dream. Someone says I'd pay a small fortune to have someone regularly clean my oven. Most hated job ever. I'd clean a bathroom over scrubbing the oven any day. Oven pride is great, except for the part of having to scrub it off. I have one of those ovens where you it there's a there's a setting on it that goes up to like five hundred degrees and burns everything in the oven, and then it's clean. It's just like sweep a bit of it up off the, or the dust off the bottom. It's amazing. We we just never clean our oven. We <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what color it's meant to be. We both pronounce this first caller's name differently. Yes, because this first caller's name obviously is Jer. No, it's Jer. 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 You don't say Gerard. You say Gerard. No. What's what? your what's your full name, Jer McSweeney? Gerard. Gerard. Okay, what's yeah. your shortened version? Jer. Jer. There you go. No, you said Jer. <laughs> you when you say Jer it rhymes with chair. Yeah. Gerard. I think Jer knows how to pronounce his own name. You're not saying it like Jer, you're saying like Jor, like some kind of whole <laughs> war. Jor. Wait, if I say, okay, turn off the music. Okay, this right, Jared, this is Dermot, alright? Now, okay. you're going to hear me say your name first, and then Dave, and then you say which one is closest to your actual name, all right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Jer. Jer. First one. See? It's a culture thing, Dave. You wouldn't get it. You're dead to me, Jer. I'm not even going to... Oh! Sure look anyone the bloody t-shirt? <laughs> well done, Jer, 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 Jer. Jer. Jerrard, congratulations to you. Uh, you just want a bright yellow Dermot and Dave t-shirt. How are you, how are you oh, fixed? No, What's going you. on? I'm just at work now, just on break actually. On yeah. break from what? What do you do? Uh, machine operator. Machine operator, class. What machine ca- what operator. S- <laughs> what size of machine have you got in front of you? Uh, 20 ton hydraulic. 20 uh, ton hydraulic uh, machine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe, that's very impressive. Guys, any Shade fans in the house? <laughs> um, let's see if you can be impressive with your solution to CCC for 500 euro. What do you think? Chameleons change colour. What do you call a chameleon who can change colour? A reptile dysfunction. Guys, I'm here all day with the jokes. <laughs> that's a good one. Jeremy McSweeney, chameleons change colour, CCC, 500 quid to add to your T-shirt? No. No problem, no problem. Sorry, Jer. Sorry, Jer. Sorry, Jer. <laughs> yeah, Jer. See you later. Oh, I see bye, bye, bye. That's typical dub, isn't it? What? Telling people how their name should be pronounced. I still don't think you pronounced his name like he does. He, yours was just closer to you his. You think his was in between you and me? Yeah. He wasn't Jer. And he wasn't, but he wasn't Jer. Jer. Like, we just don't know why people don't just pronounce our name proper, like. J. What did you? What was Jim Extreme. What was it? One of the first things you told me when I met you about uh, lads you saw playing by a canal with the strongest, <laughs> the strongest <laughs> Dublin accent you'd ever heard. I walked past two lads having a conversation, and one fella said, "I thrown the end of that river and fed the dinner." And I realised there was a P in the word after. It was after. And they felled it. Felled it. We felled it in after it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm storing that in my brain forever. It's beautiful. Oh Poetry. I'm in the wrong part of town. <laughs> guys, guys, I wanted to be the guy like you as well. Teresa's in Tipperary. Hello, Teresa. Hello. CCC, what do you think that stands for? 
Um, carry cash carefully. Carry cash carefully. I keep saying that to my kids. They don't understand. They think everything just disappears into Revolut. I dropped my 50 euro, but it's in my Revolut, isn't it? <laughs> no, what is that? It's on the road. Teresa, that's wrong, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Sorry. Have a nice day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. John Dodd is in Dublin somewhere. Hello, John. Hey, lads. How are you? Do you pronounce your name John or John? (laughs) (laughs) John. John John Dodd, what's up? The cleaning and air conditioning units? Yes. Yeah, servicing them, yeah. Servicing them, make sure they're all spotless and functioning. Yep. Excellent. CCC, John. Cookies, cars, crumbs. Cookies. Cookies create. Oh, oh, hang on now, John Dodd with the two answers. John, two answers, Dodd. Come on, Dodd, which one is it? Uh, create. Cookies create crumbs. Crumbs. No. Oh, John. Uh, you'll never know if it was the other one. I'll, I'll have to text the other one. <laughs> Noni is here. Hi, Noni. How are you, Kate? What's going on? Where do you know where Top Gun is in cinemas? Yeah, out this week. I want to make my own version of it, and I, I want somebody very special to be in it. That is so cool. Hey, Tom Cruise, a boy, the kid. No one's ever said that to me. I don't worry about it. It's only something we say in Limerick. Um, are we getting on, Sam? <laughs> How do you answer that question? So you're for doing this audition, are you? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, first things first. I sell chocolate out of a prime. I need to know what you think about chocolate. I love sugar, but I can't eat it because when I'm training, you know, I've got doing all these these movies. It's oh, yeah, 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 with the movies. You can just never find the time, you know. And um, What's your attitude to confectionery in general? Now, what I like to do is I like to send people, like, cakes and stuff like that. Oh, my God, that's very good of you. Very nice. Now, would you want to hear the plot of a new film? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. So, the name of the film is Top Goals. Good. Good. It's about a bunch of goals who sell chocolate out of a prime and they get into all kinds of hijinks. So, do you want to play the lead role? Yes. That's what I want. Now, you won't be playing a character called Maverick. Your character is called Limerick, right? And... I need to get inside the head of the character, do you know? What do you, what do you mean? Like, how would Limerick, you know, change, change chocolate? Like, what would what would Limerick do to a, an aero bar? Get rid of the bubbles. Get rid of the bubbles. Yeah, yeah, that could work all right, yeah. Um, how would you feel if you ate 13 cream eggs in a row? Well, how would you feel? This isn't about me, Tom. Get, think of the character. You get sick. Yeah, very sick, do you think? Yeah, probably, like fill a bag sick. What would you say to someone who said you shouldn't be selling out-of-date chocolate out of a vintage pram? I find that appalling when people who don't know what they're talking about say things like that. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. It's a, it's, it's a disgrace. Okay, now here's the thing. For your character in Top Goals, you're going to have to wear an overcoat, headscarf, and a pair of glasses. Listen, here's the, here's the thing. You're stepping over a line now. You're stepping over a line. You know you are. Is it okay? I'm the director of this film, right? I, I'm making top goals. And uh, you either do it, you do it. You do it You do it my way or the highway. Speaking of the highway, we should go up there for the cavalry later on. I'm just telling you right now. Okay? Just put your manners back in. Listen, calm down, Kate. Look, this is going to be big time. This is going to make you Tom Cruise. Like, if you if you play our cards right in, in top goals... You could end up with, like, free parking in Dordoyle Shopping Centre. Monday till Friday. I, you know, I, don't, I never kind of look at it like that. <laughs> I know, it's going to be great. Listen, sorry for getting off my high horse down a minute ago. I was just very excited about Top Goals. It's all right. 
You stepped out of line. I cracked you. We got it. We got it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're a great laugh. Come here to me. The uh, last thing you'll know from me now, Tom Cruise, is uh, call me Mammy and take me somewhat exciting. Come with me, Mom. We're gonna. I'm going to jump out of the airplane with you. <laughs> You've got the path, Tom Cruise. Top goals. Coming to a cinema near you, kid. This is the moment our Barry made the call to a lovely lady called Sabrina. How much is in the cash machine? It's 64,522 euro and four cents. Sabrina, you've got the correct cash amount on the money. It's yours. Congratulations. Oh, my God. What does it mean to you? Oh my God, you've, you've no idea. I'm actually looking for a new place to live and this is this is actually life-changing. Yeah. It's life-changing. Wow, what a moment. 64,000 odd euro went to Sabrina Hogan. And she's on the phone right now. Sabrina, good morning. Good morning, how are you? <laughs> We're <laughs> great. What part of the country are you in today? Um, so I'm in Newcastle. I'm originally from Newcastle. Okay. Newcastle, right. So, um, how much richer are you today? Oh my God, 64,522 <laughs> euro and <laughs> You'll never forget that number. You'll have it tattooed on your brain oh at this point. Oh my God, I have the piece of paper I wrote it down on in my hand. Uh, <laughs> will you talk us through then the process of like, you know, when did you decide to enter the cash machine? Was when the money was big? No, um, I like I have never entered it before and a customer had come into this shop um, the evening prior and had told me the story about the man, um, you know, that he didn't get the, um, the correct number and he yes. said, have you ever entered? And I said, no, I haven't, but we listened to it on the radio and I said, I think I'm going to enter tonight and I entered straight away then, um, you know, and I wrote down the, the cash number on the piece of paper. Um, and then my uh, colleague, Sarah, who I was in the shop with yesterday, came in that, the next morning and we were just talking about things. And she said, I, I entered as well. You know, I entered this morning. So both of us was in it. So I said to her, like, well, if I win, you know, I will give you 10 grand. Like, never thinking. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, right. going to ring, you know. And she said, well, I will do the same. And, you know, we're not allowed to have our phones on us in work, you know, yeah. and obviously we did, but I had it on silent and no caller ID came up and I said to Sarah, I'm not answering that, Sarah. It's one of them scams. And she's like, answer us, quick, quick. Was and she I thinking said, that it could have been Barry from Today FM? Yes, she <gasps> was thinking nice. it could have been. And thank God, and she was right, and I answered, and I just cannot tell you. Um, I'm still shaking here this morning. <laughs> <laughs> now the question is, are you going to honour your promise and uh, hand over 10 grand? You yes, are! Um, yes, of course. Oh yes. my God, oh, that's Sabrina! Incredible. That's amazing! Yes. Most of us would have yes. backed out of that one. Yeah, oh, yes. we're only joshing, weren't we? <laughs> yes, no, of course, that was always going to happen. I am a, a woman of my word. <laughs> oh my God, and then... Like you said on the call with Barry, you said this is life-changing. And do, do you think it actually is? Yes, absolutely. I've had a very a hard few years, you know. And um, as I was talking to Emer earlier, you know, I told her I lost my dad um, at the start of the first COVID. Sorry um, to hear that. Thank you. Um, obviously with COVID, he was in a home, he was in Piedmont Hospital. And I can't thank them enough for, you know, what they did for him. Um, and obviously, I used to visit him every day, and my daughter Holly used to visit him every day. And because we couldn't get in to visit, he decided that he wanted to give up his life. Um, so, oh my God. Um, you know, he 
it took a week. He gave up his medication, but I was very, very lucky that I, I got to stay with him and I got to spend that week with him and he passed in my arms, which I suppose I'm very grateful for because a lot of people with COVID had completely different stories to tell, yeah. you know, and my dad was a huge part of my life. He was my everything, you know, he was the, the, the man in my life then. And, you know, to lose them in, in such a way. But I'm so grateful. And as I said, um, I need to find a new house as I'm, I need to, um, I'm only renting um, at the moment. And my landlord wants um, to sell. So I need to find somewhere new. That's uh, right. It's happening so much, isn't it? Landlords are selling up yes, because it's just not yes, worth their while absolutely. anymore. Um, so it is absolutely life changing. And, like something that I never thought would happen me, you know? Never. Yeah. And did you ring your daughter or did you wait till she got home and you, fe- you told her oh face to face? How did you break that news? God, my daughter. Uh, so she heard me on the radio and she actually crashed her car. <laughs> no, wait, are you joking? No, I'm not. I'm what? 100% serious. Like, she rang me in tears and said, I've just crashed the car because I heard you on the radio. Now, thank God. <laughs> and... She wasn't hurt. She only bumped into somebody's um, tow bar. It was a it was a van, right? Um, and everybody was fine. No damage to either car. And she was like, "I, I just couldn't believe it was you on the radio." <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a repair bill to sort out there. At well, least you've got the money to. I, I always have bills. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, well, look, Sabrina, you just sound like this money came at just the right time. It's obviously there's a, been a lot of change, as you said. You've having to deal with a lot of things over the last couple of years and even now with your accommodation. So yeah. we're delighted that Today FM could pluck you out, make you a winner, and you did all the things right. Thank you so much. Yes. I, thank you so much. Sabrina, people are so happy for you. I'm crying listening to Sabrina. What a worthy winner. I hope the money brings her so much joy. OMG, <laughs> I'm in tears listening to this lady talk about the right person getting the money. I'm so happy for her. Hi, lads. What an incredible woman Sabrina is. I want to wish her the best of luck. Well deserved. And a 46-year-old man here in a white van crying listening to Sabrina talking about her dad. So, so happy for her. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so here's the question. Will you enter it again? Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, come back for the rest of it. It was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> you would have entered it every day if you'd known you'd win all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Sabrina Hogan, we are all so happy for you. Congratulations on your big win on Today FM's Cash Machine. Thank you so much. Thank you for this morning as well. And thank you for everything. Have a great weekend. You too. Take See care. See you, Sabrina. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Now, you will know this man from iconic movies like Train Spotting. Slumdog Millionaire and Yesterday, but now he's dived into the world of streaming. Danny Boyle has directed a new six-part series for Disney Plus called Pistol, and it's all about one of the UK's most iconic bands, the Sex Pistols. And Danny's on the line now to chat all about it. Danny, how are you? Yeah, very good, you? Good, yeah, absolutely great. I'm delighted to be talking to you again. I don't know if you remember, the last time we spoke was about yesterday, and you came into our studio, but you walked in the door at the same time as a seven-foot crisp man called Mr. Tato. Oh my God, I do remember that. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah, that was an interesting way to begin an interview day, you poor man. <laughs> so thankfully today, I can't surprise you with a giant crisp mascot, just me. <laughs> uh, can I just say, first things first, thank you so much for making this story, because as a music fan, 
the, the Sex Pistols are somebody who were kind of forming around the time I was born. So I suppose in terms of them kind of influencing me at that age, they didn't. But later on, as I got into punk and metal, you know, their their lineage, their history was so important. But I didn't really know the story of them. And watching this series is just phenomenal to see how they came together and what they endured and what they went through to become the band they are. Yeah, I mean, it's so obvious, isn't it? But I hadn't realised that they were Steve Jones's band. Yeah. You know, he formed them. Because you get this, obviously, you get this idea about them that they're all about Johnny Rotten. You know, there's this hostility around them as an edifice that's basically dictated by John and it's all hostile and they're all fighting each other and, and they, which is all true mm. they are all fighting each other all the time but actually you realise oh my god there was Steve Jones's band and and that John is kind of invited in for an audition <laughs> yeah which by the way that scene where he sings really badly uh, the song 18 is just so powerful because Again, we don't want to give too much away to people who haven't seen it, but Steve Jones has been through the kind of audition process and tried to be the singer. That hasn't worked for whatever reasons. And yeah. then he just, he stands there, Johnny, uh, John, as we know at that point, and kind of doesn't do anything. And you're kind of going, well, hang on, this is Johnny Rotten. What's going on? When is he? And then he explodes onto screen. Yeah, it's, um, I, and I remember um, that's what Anderson Boone, who plays him, did in his audition, and it was a COVID audition. Right. So I was down one end of the room. We were in a long corridor room because nobody knew how COVID transmitted. Yeah, And he was down the other end doing on his own, doing that <laughs> on his own with the song with the song playing on a ghetto blaster. And, I mean, it was just – and as soon as you saw it, you thought, that's it. Casting's easy when it's like that. You just thought – and it was, it was the mixture. He was this mixture, which John really is – of magnetic and repulsive, all at the same time. Mm. It's just like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> you, want, you want to get closer to him and then you want to pull away from yeah. him again. Well, you mentioned it's the casting, and I have to say, Danny, like, you know, I, I know it's not done in isolation and it isn't just you and there are obviously people around it, but, like, this is, without doubt, I think, the most incredible ensemble cast. Like, I am watching Thomas Brody Sangster as Malcolm McLaren, and cannot believe it's not some kind of time machine that you guys have used to get it back. And, yes. I, and I mean, and then like Louis Partridge in as a Sid, like because I've only seen a few episodes because I'm I, and I'm so addicted to it that I got up this morning at five a.m. to watch another one. That's how much I love this. <laughs> but it t- t- that's just where where Louis was introduced as Sid Vicious. It's just uncanny how these guys are playing them. Yeah, they're very good, and it, it's funny actually because. Obviously, given their ages, because they're all well, Louis was seventeen when we started, mm. and and they're they're all very young, and they don't really know who the Six, Six Pistols were, other than a reference, and so they all started with that. It's either foolishness or confidence of youth, where they could just they think they can do anything. Yes. <laughs> think, oh yeah, I'll do Johnny Rotten. Oh, I'll do Malcolm McLaren, and they pile in, and it's great, and yeah. you take advantage of that, obviously, and they, and it's hugely helpful because the cut. The characters are big. They're big characters, you know. Um, so it's um, they get lots to play and, and play with. And fortunately, we created a sense of a, a kind of company, really. And that was helped by the fact that they had to form as a band and play the music together. Um, so they, so they, there was a real bond existed 
and, and COVID helped as well because lockdown was happening everywhere. And so they were all, it felt like a kind of bit of a siege mentality. Yes. Which is a very useful thing to have with the Sex Pistols. Definitely. Because- and I mean, it, it, Malcolm is constantly trying in the early parts of this series to provoke this kind of mentality within a band that doesn't have it. I mean, some of the guys, Glenn Matlock is like, he likes the Beatles and he just wants to kind of get on with things and everyone to be friends. And he, and Malcolm is constantly laying traps and creating the scenario where the angrier they, they get and the more subversive they get, the more into his hands it plays. And the more successful they become as well. There it? you go. Because it, it, because it works. Every recording contract, it was really interesting. Every recording contract that that, that is taken away from them because of the press reception, you forget that. That would feel like the end of a career. Now. Yeah. But, it, but for them, it's just the next staging point to another. And this time they're offered 10 times more money. Yeah. And they just do, so it's extraordinary. They, the risks they were prepared to take with a brand that they were establishing, but they looked like they could sacrifice at any moment. Another amazing thing about this is a risk I think you take. And look, you're synonymous with a phenomenal soundtrack. We think of Train Spotting, we think of The Beach, we think of Slumdog Millionaire, all the things yesterday, one of my favourites, still one of my favourite pieces of cinema in the last 10 years is yesterday. But what you've done with this is you've taken songs that to me... When I thought about a Sex Pistols six-part series, I did not expect to hear the music that we hear on this. And again, I don't want to spoil too much for people, but it's you've chosen music from the era, but also different eras, previous eras, softer music, music that you do not associate with the punk movement uh, in London in the 70s. Yeah, although there is a connection between it, weirdly, because, of course, they were listening to everything. If you read Steve's book... He's listening to everything music-wise. He loves, at the start, he loves Rod, although they take the piss out of Rod Stewart later, he loves Rod Stewart, you know, and the small faces. Yeah. They love, so there's music. And and one of the myths about the era is there wasn't much good music around. There was a lot of good music around. But it was just punk had a different attitude to it, you know, to what it was going to do, to its place it was going to take in society. And it was going to take a rowdy place, Mm. a misbehaved place in society, really. So... Yeah, there's lots of it around, and we try to show that. Obviously, you start with a bit of David Bowie, yeah. and there's some reggae in there, and as, as there should be uh, always. And um, yeah, no, so there's some good stuff in and it, I think. How did you find adapting to a television format in a six-part series versus your, I suppose, traditional medium, which would be the film, you know, the, 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 the one film? So the best thing I've ever read about uh, the difference between the two is John Borman, the great director, Mm. said, he said, when you make a film, all you're doing all the way through is searching for your ending. And he said, when you make a TV series, the one thing they don't want you to find is an ending. (laughs) 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 They just want it to go on and on and on and on. And it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, That's the greatest thing I've ever read about, Uh, about the difference between the two. Well, let me compliment you and tell you that you have seamlessly stepped into the televisual six-part series. I absolutely (laughs) love it. Like I said, get up this morning to watch another episode. I'll be doing the same again tomorrow. Uh, Danny Boyle, congratulations on Pistol, and thank you so much for talking to us today. The grand. Thanks, Dave. All right, see you soon. Bye. Take care. Oh, I'm the killer's... All these things that I've done, Dermot and Dave, on it's, Today FM. It's funny the things you think about when you're lying in bed before you get up in the morning. I was thinking about the band The Killers t- and uh, today, and I was thinking, when when were their big hits out? That song is from 2004, okay? Yeah, Which is weird, because I still think of The Killers as kind of contemporary and, and yeah, now. Yeah. But that song is 18 years old, so... 
the equivalent is in 2010 listening 2010. to this. <laughs> okay, do you all feel sufficiently old now? Okay. I mean, in 2010, you wouldn't have gone. That boys, those boys to men now. I think they'll do very well. I, I, sorry, it's 2022. I still think that sounds fresh as anything. It should be on the radio immediately. Sure, look, isn't that it? 30 years ago, that was. Jesus. Steve's in Dundalk, and he's going to just win the money right now, aren't you, Steve? Uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> sure, look, <laughs> well, well, Holy nice. God, you're after winning a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today, FM Asher. Look, isn't that a t shirt? That's good enough. I'm away on that. Thanks. All right, see you, Steve. No, no, <laughs> stay, stay there. Stay there. Let's have a chat. What are you up to? Uh, I'm just a work at the moment. Work? What are you working at? I do deliveries for Dunn stores. Oh, very good. To people's houses? People's houses, yeah. Oh, fair play to you. Um, I know it might be another company, but I know on their trucks they always have something written on it that makes me kind of snigger to myself. Oh, yeah. And it says, hand-picked. Guaranteed hand-picked. You're like... Don't make it sound like you're, you're you're picking yogurts off branches of trees. <laughs> it's somebody walking around the supermarket, p- literally picking things up with their hands. If it isn't hand-picked, they'd have to pick it up with their feet. <laughs> like, Forklift thrown. <laughs> what you don't want to see in the back of your delivery yeah. van. Must be a nice job, Steve. You get to meet everybody and save them the hassle of going down to the shops. And I'm sure there's people who may be immobile or can't leave the house because they're small kids you're helping out a lot of people oh it is yeah you get, to, you get to talk to plenty of people that maybe don't get to talk to too many people themselves so that way it's, it's, Steve can I ask you a sl- slightly awkward question you can you know the way when you order from a, a like a takeaway right and the, the person comes and delivers your takeaway and you've paid the inverted commas delivery charge but you slip them a couple of quid anyway right so two euro or whatever here you go thanks mill. yeah when you call someone's house are you expecting us to cross your palm with silver uh, <laughs> that's a yes. Because <laughs> I'll tell you why. I have been getting a delivery from other oh, supermarkets are available from supermarkets to my house for five years easily, and not once have I ever done it. And I don't know if that's cool or if the guys on the trucks all go, "Hey, going into his house <laughs> never gives us anything." It's one of the rare occasions you prefer paper to silver now. So <laughs> <laughs> would you honestly? Would people give you a couple of quid every time you show up? I did the odd time, yeah. Jesus, I See, feel really good. Wow, you're going to have to backdate all of them, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Walking with a briefcase. Yeah. Here's four grand. <laughs> Thanks for delivering. Well, I only started working yesterday. Take the money. So, so say the shop then, Steve, was uh, 80 quid or 100 quid. Would a fiver cover it? Oh, Jesus, Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'd accept, I'd accept the fiver. I'd accept the fiver. Excuse me, how dare you offer me such pittance? Could we tip you in an item from our shopping bags, like a, a banana and Squashed a... Squashed yogurt. <laughs> oh, that yeah. does happen. That does happen. You'll get a bag of crisps here and a, an apple oh, there. Okay. Like that. That's cool. Well, I might do yeah. that then. I don't know about the money thing. I think I'll stick with my stingy... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a pack of own brand chipsticks. <laughs> do, yeah. Steve, CCC, what do you think? You've got the t-shirt. Here's 550 quid for you now. What do you think it is? Crispy chipper chips. Crispy chipper chips. Had a bag of them this week. I was, oh, yeah. I was coming home. And I just... Yeah, had a bag last you night. Know, you just get the craving for it. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I was like, I really want salty and vinegary chips right now. 
And did they have, because remember when you and I reviewed all the chippers from around Ireland, mm. we rated them on crispy bits, and obviously crispy chipper chips well, is what's even. Were there crispy bits in the bag you got? There were. They were excellent chips. And actually, this will blow your mind, Steve. Do you know where I got them? A- Apache pizza. <laughs> Apache pizza? I didn't even know they did chipper chips. But did they? No, I think maybe the, only the one near my house does it. So you anyway, were, they you were, were, I had a hankering for chipper chips yeah, and you I, went to a driv- pizza place. I'd driven by all the chipper chippers right. and I went, do you know what, I'll just see if Apache do chips. And they did proper they chipper good. chips and they were excellent. And so hats off to the Apaches. Mind blown, Steve, mind blown. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> crispy chipper <laughs> chips is not the right answer, Steve. We'll send you out the t-shirt. Thanks a million, lads. All right, Cheers. have a good day. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye. And remember, folks, tip your friendly supermarket delivery <laughs> I driver. Feel so guilty now. Stuart Hamilton's in Ballyshannon. How are you, Stuart? Hiya, folks, I think. Not bad at all. You in Dublin at the moment? I am. I'm just down for work. All right, what are you working at? Uh, fixing vending machines and cup machines and all that. Oh, crap. fixing vending machines. That's always very exciting. Because yeah. when, when it's broken, it kind of causes panic in the office. And then when you show up, it's like, hey, did you see the guys in to fix the vending machine? Yes. You'll have to have a fancier office than I do, I know that for sure. Well, it wasn't always like that, Stuart. Please excuse us if you've heard this story before, but it sticks in our memory. It's kind of like when you were small and you remember the day the dog came into the classroom. Mm -hmm. For myself and Dave, this moment will always stick in our memory. In fact, it was more than a moment. It was probably over a period of six months, right? And we had a vending machine in our old building right outside our door. And we used to sort of fuel our creative bursts by eating jellies and whatever was in there. Um, Except something one day happened to the vending machine. And all you had to do, Stuart, was like put in a euro and select what you wanted. And then the entire row of stuff would just empty. So everything would fall out. So if you ordered a Yorkie, you'd get eight. Like it was, oh my God, it was so exciting. And then sometimes it just moved by its own accord. Oh yeah. You'd hear Yorkies just falling down into the thing. (laughs) You'd walk past it and it would just go, clean crisps. You're like, oh, thanks. Thanks, friendly vending machine. It was so good. And it was kind of a general secret within the office and certainly the people who sat near us that nobody say anything. Never tell anyone. Even when the guy came to refill it, he thought we just were addicted to sugar because it was empty <laughs> every, every no week. money in it he couldn't work it out <laughs> yeah, at all yeah but yeah. then Dermot but then, then someone some goody two shoes ratted us out and the guy came in and repaired the machine and it was never the same again just operated as machines or ought to which what do you is think terrible. Stuart I think you got lucky enough to be honest yeah we did we did uh, good 18 months there and say we were fleecing the yeah. place have you ever seen that before happened in one of your machines yeah, a couple of them, yeah. I've one yesterday doing the same thing. Uh, it's like, do you remember uh, when you were small and you went to the arcade and just one of the games just gave you endless credits? <laughs> yeah, no. that, you can't beat that, sir. <laughs> Stuart's like, this is what I try to eradicate on a daily basis, Dermot. Uh, Stuart, CCC, 550 euro, what do you think? Crocodiles can't cry. Crocodiles can't cry. Well, that's a true fact from Dave's world. It's actually, it? no, it's the opposite. It was a disproven fact from Dave's world. They do occasionally need to lubricate their eyes if they spend too much time underwater. And actually, weirdly, they get dried out, which I know is perverse. So they can lubricate them when they can. But as a general rule, they don't because they spend a little bit of time water. They're fine. Hence the term crocodile tears. Who wants to be the person who has the job of putting the optrex into the (laughs) crocodile's eye? (laughs) (laughs) Crocodiles can't cry. Stuart is not the right answer, I'm afraid. Uh, Have a great weekend. 
Alright, see you later. Bye, bye, bye. Don't think I've said the word Optrex since 1991. <laughs> Declan Brophy's in Tullamore. How are you, Deck? Hi, Dave. How's it going? Good. Doing a bit of painting? Yeah, I don't want a bit of painting, yeah. You painting your own gaff or someone else's gaff? What are you doing? Uh, doing a bit for a friend, a boundary wall. Oh, boundary oh, wall. Oh, nice, nice sunny day for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. Working under the tan. Are you watching any of the sport over the weekend, Declan? Not really, no. 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 Not a rugby fan or a Liverpool uh, fan? or uh, What's the Liverpool game, yeah? Who would you be supporting? Uh, United. So, Halla Madrid. <laughs> I got your white shirt on. I know I have mine with David Beckham 23 in the back ready to go for Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Declan, CCC, 550 euro. What do you think? Uh, crowds can chant. Crowds can chant. Indeed, yeah. they can. But is it the right answer, Declan? I hope so. It's not. No. Right. Hard luck. Okay, Sorry, right. Declan Brophy, have a good weekend and uh, Ala Madrid. Yeah, great. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> See you later, right, Declan. All the best. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, great. Does not brilliant. care. It just no. wants to paint the wall. No, he's not painting the wall. I'm sorry. I was trying to get him to like get in my anti-Liverpool stance. It's not happening. Uh, is anyone going to Limerick and Clare? It's going to be a big one. Uh, let us know if you're uh, what going about, to any of the gals Lan- on the Lanster? Against La Rochelle. Yeah, I wonder... I suppose there's a lot of Munster fans. Because Ronan O'Gara is so synonymous with Munster mm. and has done such wonderful things for Munster over the years, uh, a lot of Munster hearts are with La Rochelle, his team that he coaches. Um, so you're which kind of... seems strange when you consider it. we should all really be behind the Irish team. You know, that is yeah, amazing a- that one of the greatest teams Ireland has ever produced is in the final. But isn't there a big rivalry between Leinster and Munster? Like, it'd be like, as I said, like, I am absolutely supporting Madrid this weekend because they're playing Liverpool. If, they, if Madrid were playing Juventus, I'd be like, eh, I don't really care who wins. But I absolutely, so like, why would why would you need to support Leinster when you hate Leinster? Well, I'd love to do a poll, actually, of, of fellow Munster fans. Will you be rooting for Leinster? Or will you be rooting for La Rochelle because of the Raj connection? Maybe let us know. 0874-100-102. And we'll see where Munster hearts lie this weekend. But we'll probably say on the outside, go, best of luck to Leinster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should say that at all. Don't think. I think if you hate them, you should say well, it. Look, they're them. still the same stars we cheer for in an Irish shirt. Yeah, that's fact, different. Basically the Irish team. Yeah, um, but when so John Aldridge played for Liverpool and Robbie Keane played for Liverpool, I didn't cheer them. I wanted them to run into the ground and hurt their face. Right. Is it Leinster or La Rochelle? Let us know. 0874-100-102. Sure, your poll about Munster fans and whether they mm. can cheer for Leinster. Just can't cheer for Leinster, says somebody. No problem when they have a green jersey on. I'm Connacht, and I totally want uh, La Rochelle to win. Yeah, I'd be really interested to know as well. I know as folks are Munster fans, because that's I suppose, where I come from. But if you're a Connacht or Ulster fan, are you rooting for Leinster? Are you rooting for La Rochelle? And in Cork says, uh, Dermot, I agree, I'll be shouting for La Rochelle. If Ronan wasn't involved with La Rochelle, I'd be shouting for Leinster, as Leo Cullen has that Midas touch that Munster really need. Oh, yeah. Uh, Munster man here, head says Leinster, heart says La Rochelle. Uh, Dermot and Dave. <laughs> What's happening there? Why did I just decide to do that? I don't know, but stop there now. We're, we're in the middle of a chat here. Can you not tell, computer? Uh, all the Munster heads getting sour. Leinster are ten times better. Come on, Leinster, says a Leinster oh, fan. Fully admit it. Um, the stats speak for themselves in uh, <laughs> recent years. Now, hang on. I just want to apologise in advance for the uh, the the crudeness of mm. Tim's text. He says, Corkman here, Tim. 
I'll be going for La Rochelle. Lancer can flip right off. Apologies for the foul language. Also, a la Madrid. He's obviously a Manchester United yeah, fan. Yeah, there well. is something about the Lancer that Monster fans just. <laughs> there's a bit. As Alan Partridge would say, a little bit of sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking as well to one of our Asher looking at his Nadek callers about tipping the supermarket delivery guy and so a lot of people are just saying don't be putting the guilt on me that I now owe 10 years of tips to Paddy who's been delivering my shopping so look that was just one man's opinion you know we just had to ask him and he thinks the tip is fine but he would do he's delivering the shopping so he's slightly biased in terms of wanting tips in fairness when COVID happened it was the supermarket people who kept things going yeah. amongst other people before everybody gets up in arms about it. We also did things! Yes, but the people on the tills don't get the tips. The people who are stocking the shelves in the supermarket didn't get tips. So why the guy who comes to your house, who just gets to go out all day in his lovely van and all? I think it's an American thing that we uh, inherited. Yeah. We saw it in movies and thought, look cool. <laughs> Here, try around a few quid, you'd be like Tom Cruise in the films. <laughs> That's exactly what you'd be like. <laughs> it is. Here, we want to eat yeah, them Chinese meals out with the little white cartons. You know, them like the movies with a bit of chopstick or whatever, you know. But I can't use the chopsticks. I need a fork. Okay? There was asking whether or not you thought that Munster fans would cheer on Leinster over the weekend. I can assure you, Dermot, they will not at all. Uh, because the <laughs> Munster chant has such a lovely ring to it, Dermot, says the text when you're slagging off the Leinster chant. I know, somebody says, Leinster all the way. And I was at Thoman Park a couple of months ago, Munster fans shouting, Monster, so they can't <laughs> slag us off. Uh, uh. Us Leinster fans off. Come on, you boys in blue. Ned's been on to us. Well, that's Munster fan to the bone. La Rochelle all the way for the weekend. Hate Leinster. Hate Leinster. <laughs> and Damien's been on. I think it's different cheering against Liverpool, say, if you're a United fan, and cheering against Leinster if you're a Munster fan, because Munster, Leinster, you're still cheering Irish, that's... But, uh, yeah, Halle Madrid did. Yeah, I think hatred is just not doesn't get enough credit. I think like you should, we should embrace it. I think Munster fans should hate Leinster. I think they should absolutely cheer for La Rochelle in the same way that I'm absolutely cheering for Madrid at the weekend. So I think it's identical. Rugby is different. It I, shouldn't I, be. You're, you're there's a sort of an unwritten thing that you don't kind of you may think those things, but you don't really verbalize them very loudly. You kind of you go, will you watch the match? Oh yeah, yeah, watch it right. <laughs> You can't, you can't spew it, spew the vitriol, <laughs> not, just we're, like we're not I as do. Crass as you football fans, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a bit of a bit of decorum. <laughs> uh, come here. I was going to ask your opinion on stuff because something's going on in my garden. In the summertime, when the weather is hot, <laughs> for the first time in my life. I now own garden furniture. <laughs> for the first time in your first life. Time I have never... I've lived in houses that the gardens were too small. I might have had a chair and a little crappy table or right. whatever. Um, I've had a garden for the last 10 years but kind of paid no attention to it because the kids were small. But in the last year, we during lockdown, we did up the garden. You we got, got it all done. I, got, I built you a man cave in yeah. your corner of your garden. So the garden's looking great. Yeah. And we decided that we'd finally get some decent garden <laughs> <Wow>. furniture. Revolutionary <laughs> thoughts from the Whelans. Just never had them before. Okay. So we got the garden furniture, beautifully Irish. Okay. Um, I assembled it in the lashing rain. I was like, we've just made a really terrible mistake. <laughs> right. 
and uh, the cover has been on it pretty much since we bought it. Sorry, so there's been want to so know, much rain. What did you get? You got a sofa or something? Yeah, it's like a corner sofa. Yeah. Uh, a couple of benches and then a table and the table has a fire pit in the middle of it. Oh, cool. Okay. Which is really cool. And nice it comes and warm. with a hot plate that you can actually cook on it as well. Okay. So it's, it's seriously cool. Um, but we've only used it uh, a couple of times because it's pretty much been raining. I looked out the window at um, my very expensive garden furniture because <laughs> stuff is not cheap. No, it's not. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> uh, anyway, we saved up for it. We got the garden furniture. The cover's been on it. And it's been raining so much that there's been huge pools of water just forming on the rain cover. Yeah. And I looked out the window and I see Buddy the dog drinking out of one of the pools. I turned to my wife and go... I'm pretty convinced we just bought the world's most expensive dog bowl. <laughs> what is it about dogs who will walk past their own perfect dog bowl and go out and drink skanky rainwater? They well, love it. I guess it's not skanky to them, but there isn't all the chemicals in it that it's in the taps. But anyway, um, hooray, hooray, like, hurrah, eventually the sun has it came out a couple of times. Great. Um, and... I don't. I, I would drink quite rarely at home. Okay. It's just not something that we tend to do. Um, but I have found that since I got this garden furniture, and when I'm able to sit on it, uh, like we're we're drinking more than <laughs> we ever do. Because there's something about being out the back and enjoying the garden, and I don't know why that screams rosé, but it seems to. It's, you know, well, I don't even drink rosé. Like I think it might be the fact that this is such a novelty for you and I your think family. It is. I think that's the like, fact. Please that, say it wears off, or I'm going to be a well, hot mess in a couple of months. Yeah, if the summer continues in the vein, it's going to be over the weekend. You will be struggling if that's if that's going to continue as that kind of association with sunshine. Well, let's just head out and crack open some beers. And put them in the ice bucket. You also have that ridiculous contradiction that I think probably only exists in Ireland, possibly the UK, where last night I was sitting out um, with three blankets on me, <laughs> s- sipping my rosé, going, oh, it's so outdoors and elegant. <laughs> I was like... My wife just came to the door and was like, it's freezing. What are you doing? The sun went in four hours ago. Yeah, once the sun goes down, forget it. You got it. That, That's when you need what I have, which, first of all, don't forget, I've got my amazing pergola that covers me from the elements. Accidental smoking area. Okay. And then I have the uh, the heater light. So you pull, you have the heater light on a chain, and you like pull the little thing, mm. you get one ring of light and a bit of heat. You pull it twice, you get two rings of heat. It would like melt the skin off your face, and you're absolutely roasting. Yeah, you can't cook a rasher on it, though, Dave. No, you can't. You're absolutely Unless right. you flick the rashers up into it, <laughs> yeah. and if they stick... <laughs> Possibly a good idea. So I'm wondering, is is this... Something because I've never owned garden mm. furniture before. Is this something that nobody has warned me about? And like, is this a thing that I should have been aware of that garden furniture will turn you into a raving alcoholic? Because of the timing of the sun, have you done day drinking in the garden yet? No, right, Not that, that'll come. Is that a thing? <laughs> that's definitely a thing. That's definitely no, a thing. No, we just we've had our dinner out there in the evening. Okay. That, that's about it. Right. But day drinking, <laughs> I, can, I can't handle that. <laughs> oh eight seven four one hundred one oh two. I do total wreck. Drop us a text and let us know what you think. Oh eight seven four one hundred one oh two. Christina Millian, AM to PM, Dermot and Dave on today FM. <laughs> Dermot's been drinking AM to PM because of the garden <laughs> furniture in his back garden that he suddenly got. Uh, so true, Dermot. Sorry, but it doesn't wear off. We've had garden furniture for 10 years and have a drink whenever we're out there. Just enjoy it. Uh, Dermot and Dave, uh, yeah, there's lots of people just saying, Dermot, the rosé rule doesn't go away. So rosé is just a thing in the, in the garden furniture with the summer. Yeah, like, 
Oh, I never drink rosé. Like, I don't, I never, I rarely would ever even touch white wine. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, years ago I christened it Argument Juice. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, that's a good name for it. It tends to lead to certain mood instabilities. Um, so, yeah, but r- rosé is just, uh, it just seems to be a thing. Is it? It's just yeah. a kind of a garden drink. Kira, Kira and Six Mile Bridge, so sorry to break it to you, it doesn't wear off. My parents got a lovely new deck a few years ago, and rosé days are very regular. <laughs> Daytime, nighttime, warm sun, cold sun. Friends now even call and ask, can they come and sit on the parents' deck, says Kira. So... It's a thing, rosé days. And actually, we got this thing sent in. I thought, did you get one? What is it? Uh, it was a lamp. It's like a Bluetooth lamp. Like that, it stands up. It's probably about two foot tall. Mm-hmm. And it it changes colour. It's one of those ones that kind of just, you can, it comes with remote control and you can set the colours. Yeah, whatever, so it yeah. can be just kind of blending from pink to green to right, whatever. Right, right. But it's also a Bluetooth speaker. Oh, and so you just put it out on the patio and it plays it's seriously cool. It's so made you, by an Irish guy as well. I'm, I can't remember the name of the company now. And are your neighbours loving the fact that you're now out the back garden chatting away with the rosé glasses <laughs> clinking and playing the police at high volume all through the night? I'd say they're loving you. Oh man, I, I was going through some playlist last night. Um, it's always a very delicate one when you're trying to play music that you like but you don't want to annoy your missus like if the music's too bad she'll go inside and then you're then you're out there by yourself that is a problem and then you <laughs> then you have to start questioning your behaviour but as long as the two of you it's just so social so uh, god what was a the most random songs were coming on, onto this playlist um, do you remember uh, Edie Burkell and the new something or others Oh, yes. I'm not aware of too many things. things. I know what I know. know. If you know what I mean. mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Is that that a tune? tune. Um, All right, well, listen, we'll uh, we'll, we'll let you go for a few weeks and we'll have some kind of an intervention (laughs) to make sure everything's okay. Hopefully it'll rain. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. Seamus. Seamus is in Tipperary. Seamus, what's happening? Good morning, guys. How's things? Not bad at all. I'm here with Dermot and Pamela Joyce, who's come in to offer some assistance to you because we feel like you might need some females <laughs> help this morning. What have you just done? Right. So the plan was um, I've got my stag. First of all, I've got my stag this weekend. Come on, congratulations. Yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. This is, this is the ironic bit of the whole thing. Um, I decided I needed to give the beard a trim, so... Mm-hmm. Got the beard trim, set the clippers to set and seven, get the trim. Put it back to setting one or two to give the head a shave. Decided then that the eyebrows needed Ooh. a little tidy up, but I forgot to change the setting on the clippers. Oh, oh jeepers. What so, do they look like? So one eyebrow <clears throat> went, and then I'm left with one eyebrow gone. One eyebrow the same as it was. And you haven't even been on your stag yet. That's this is what's supposed to happen at the <laughs> other end of the stag, Seamus. I know. As, as the lad said, I'm after saving them a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just have to draw a willy on your forehead now in permanent marker. So yeah. you're done. Yeah. Am I there's right? A, Go on, Seamus. There's a grand platform on the forehead because there's no hair up there from drawing pictures. <laughs> Am I right in thinking your dilemma now is whether to complete the job, match the two sides by shaving off the other eyebrow. No. Or drawing in a fake, some kind of fake eyebrow on the other side. Pamela, is there such a thing as like a a good eyebrow pencil you could use? Well, the most important question here is when is the wedding? Yes. Do you have time to regrow? 
the wedding isn't for another six weeks. So that isn't really an issue. Yeah, Pamela, can, can someone grow back an eyebrow in six weeks? I feel like I should lie to Seamus and say yes. All right, so the answer is no. <laughs> no How do you no, know no. this? Um, well, I had a very similar situation once, Seamus. You're shaving your beard. And yes, <laughs> yes. I um, Look, I have a lot of, a lot of very dark hair. And as a child, my sisters used to call me the caterpillar because I just had one kind of unibrow. Right. And I was going to a birthday party of a girl who was the class above me in school, so okay. obviously it was a big deal. Yeah. I had to look flames, even though I was like nine. <laughs> and I was in the shower, and I saw my sister's razor. Oh. And I was like, I'll just, I'll just give it a go and see what happens. No mirror, no nothing, just took the razor to my eyebrow, took half of it off, obviously. And then I walked out of the shower, and my sister's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh, the razor fell. The, the razor, razor fell, fell onto that your was face. the line I went with. The razor fell. And then I had to go to the party with half an eyebrow. And how long until the eyebrow regained its normal hirsuteness? Uh, I'm still waiting to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Seamus, I don't know. Have you told the bride-to-be what you've done? I have. Um, I think she's seen the humorous side to it. Great, okay. Uh, I think she's listening there as well at the moment, so I've no doubt she's... Well, we better say hello to them. What's her name? Yeah, Gillian. Gillian. Hey, Gillian. Gillian, don't worry. He's he's not a total spoon. Well, maybe if he is. There, <laughs> is. there is some bit of light at the end of the tunnel here. Number one, the eyebrows were fairly fair anyway. Okay. Right. And and I I tan well, so I've been out in the kind of the, the weather, so you wouldn't really notice it. And I also wear glasses, and the top rim of the glasses goes across the eyebrow. <laughs> you so, are definitely a glass um, half full kind of guy, Seamus. <laughs> if, ever, if ever there was glass half full here, <laughs> well, does any wonder Gillian wants to marry you with that kind of positive yeah. attitude, Seamus? I, I think, yeah, you've saved the lads' job on the mm-hmm. stag, but that's about the only positive. Do you I know, can what see could work, and I know you know this is uh, possibly a, a last ditch effort, but belly button fluff. <laughs> Oh my god! If you stick that to your face, treasure trail on your eyebrows. <laughs> fantastic! Idea. Fantastic! Seamus loves it. Seamus, enjoy the stag. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. See bye. you later. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. Oh man, oh, that's just shocking. The poor fella. I, I would be too afraid to take the beard trimmer to mm. my eyebrows anyway, just in for fear. No matter what setting it was, I on. do it all the time. But what right. I do is I pull the yeah. eyebrow up. And then go zinc across the top. Do you know what I mean? Would you not just use a little nail scissors? No. And just trim it. I think you need to do yours. You know, get, moment, get yeah. Along, yeah. You're getting a bit. Uh, Hi there, Chris. Hi, Hi Chris. Down to my basement. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play some pitbull. <laughs> Today FM. Listen back to more from the Dermot and Dave Show on todayfm.com. Dermot and Dave. Weekday mornings from nine on Today FM.